arranged that blessed arrangement <laughs> that dream within a dream. <laughs> and love, true love, will follow you forever. <laughs> so treasure your love. <laughs> Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. <laughs> I'm Steve. This is Brian. Margo. Miles. And making her triumphant return to the podcast, special guest, Nicole. <laughs> so we normally start out with a real fake fact. So real fake fact. I was the first choice to officiate this wedding. When the two of them started planning and really thinking about who they wanted to join them together forever. <laughs> One name came to mind, and it was Steve. <laughs> so when they finally asked me last night, <laughs> I gave them the most perfect answer. Why not? <laughs> So, Jesse, you can suck it. <laughs> oh, Jesse. <laughs> but for real, I'm glad that everybody came out here today to celebrate these two again. <laughs> Feels like only yesterday I was watching a choppy video through the webcam <laughs> that kept freezing as they were saying their vows to each other. Uh, I am so happy that I could be here and be part of this. I know that everybody else uh, is equally excited to be here, but also for you too. Without further ado, because I knew you wanted this to be the longest ceremony, <laughs> do you, Brian, take this woman to be a lawfully wedded wife? I do. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got it correct. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> we'll turn it I shift over. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting. We were almost ready. It was debatable. It was touching down. Do you, Nicole, take this guy <laughs> to be her lawfully wedded husband? Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Right? Yeah? We're doing this, right? Yeah. yeah? Okay. Yes, I do. Again. Are you sure? You might want to yes. help. The mortgage is depending on it. Yeah, correct. Yes, 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 we're, yes, good. we're good. We're, we're good. in. We're in. So we're in. We're in. Hold on here. Hey, it goes along. So the power invested in me by the State Gaming Commission. I now present pronounce you, man and wife. Again. Again. Yes. Yay. They kiss the bride. Told you I got it. <laughs> Everybody, let me present for the second time, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Lociano. 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 See? See? That's why I was the first choice. <laughs> Same old place. 
place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? So, listeners, sorry we've been gone for so long. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. This is Vargo. And Miles. And uh, the rest of the guys ditched on us. Miles is sick. He has been sick since we got back from Virginia for the wedding. And he's the only one that showed up. Apparently, the other guys who had the sniffles just couldn't make it. So, Loach isn't here, even though he's been saying for the past several weeks that he would be here. And yes, Loach, I'm calling you out, but... Uh, Anderson, who funnily enough, last week didn't think we were going to like listeners. Originally, we were going to have a podcast last week, but Miles was sick. Loach was sick. Anderson was the only one that could make it, but he didn't think we were having one. So he had made prior plans, uh, even though I had said specifically in in a text. I went back to go check that. Yes, we were going to be back the week that we got back. And that would be the end of August. Nobody reads the group chat. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I read the group chat. No, you don't. Because of that, we didn't have a podcast because I was like, all right, well, I could do it by myself, which would be the first time. And I thought about it, but I was like, there are some, thing, there are some things that I want to be able to talk with the guys. And since everybody else is feeling bad, might as well just hold it off. And maybe maybe in a week we'll we'll be fine. Well. Turns out Miles is the only one willing to show up, and Miles is still sick. Listeners, Miles has COVID. <laughs> he says he doesn't. He has COVID. Miles is dying, and he's on here just for you. So you guys should be like, "Oh I my got gosh, that Zulu variant." <laughs> no, but I, I do apologize that we didn't do a on the road cast. You guys missed out on a lot of fucking jokes. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things where listeners, it was so it was so much that we let we sat there going like next time we're going to have to bring a mic. We're going to maybe have to do a GoPro just because of the shit that was coming out of our mouths while we were driving was freaking classic. Right. But anyways, yeah, the the guys couldn't make it. And Miles gets ultra kudos points and I'm getting 100 percent pay raise. Just fucking nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> listeners, granted, we missed a whole month and we're not going to talk about everything that we missed because that's going to be damn near impossible. We realized that more stuff was coming out about, you know, the whole Activision stuff that kept happening, more sickening things than that. The, uh, the, the other stuff that we missed, um, we just kind of went, all right, well, Gamescom is coming up, so we'll make sure we include that. So we're going to go into Gamescom a little bit and uh, we realized that wasn't too long ago, but it's, probably the more important thing from the month uh, overall that we talk about uh, when it comes to the gaming industry. Uh, we realize that there are a lot of more important things out in the world that uh, we would love to discuss, but we don't talk about those things in this podcast. So it's just too much damn recording and, and editing to have separate casts. <laughs> yeah. I like in reality, that's the thing is like we, 
listeners, we would love to do podcasts where we talk about politics. We would love to do podcasts where we talk about like individual things that, that interest us outside of just this industry. But the problem is, is that would that would require a lot of the editing to be done by me and Miles, and that's it, and no one else because no one else right. in the group has really taken that much of an interest in doing it. Anderson's, you know, showed some interest, but he hasn't really. Uh, fully committed to that, and part of that has to do with scheduling. Part of that has to do with the fact that he has a, you know, he has a job that's pretty, pretty damn demanding of him right now, especially. So finding the time to do that outside of having, you know, family is kind of time consuming. So trying to find that balance of like, is this something that you really want to commit to? That's that's the thing. Yeah. But uh, and we've been talking with Jesse to try and get him a mic. He still needs to still needs to do that, listeners. And uh, we would love to bug the shit out of him every time that we get on the podcast and say, Jesse, get a fucking mic, dude. We need to get you on the podcast more, and we need to get Steve on here more. But Steve's really busy with work and family, so trying to get him on here is kind of a pain in the butt because we would love to talk about Destiny, <laughs> especially some of the newest stuff that's been coming out. So Gamescom, uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up was the fact that a uh, big thing that was shown off was the updates to Death Stranding with uh, Gamescom, the uh, Death Stranding director's cut. Uh, yeah. They showed off some of the new gameplay mechanics, some of the new fighting mechanics, some of the new gadgets that they're using, like they have stabilizers and stuff that you can jump off fucking cliffs with, uh, which I sat there going, wow, if this stuff was in the regular game, this like this is easy mode compared to what what we played. Uh, yeah, everything that, like, I saw in there was like, that's really cool. That's really cool. That's neat. That's that's that'd be useful. Uh, but then I sat there and hearkened back to him like the zip lines still are better. <laughs> zip lines beat everything, listeners. If you don't believe us, yeah. then you need to see the shit that Miles and I created. <laughs> yeah. The only like, downside about zip lines was how much build points they took up. Yeah, really? That was it. I mean, they thankfully, the road didn't take up anything. But I mean. I would I would dismantle listeners after I got after I after I got my zipline stuff done uh, or mostly the the network for it set up. I deleted every single bridge I ever created in the entire game because all I did yeah. was use ziplines. Like, using up build my, points. Yeah, my it, it eats up build points, and Miles and I like our, our networks for our ziplines were, I would say probably probably equal on just what they what they connected us to because you could from my entire my entire gameplay lessons you could go to every single location using a using a zip line the, and never touch the ground until you got yep. there that's how that's how we designed our systems so yeah i, I specifically uh, went out of my way to place zip lines where there shouldn't be zip lines oh yeah <laughs> like down down sheer face cliffs like yep yeah. there's a zip line peaks. there yeah um, you fucking, you name it, it happened. <laughs> it was, it was to the point, listeners, where after my zipline network was was done. Like, keep in mind, Miles and I both we built practically every single road ourselves for our game. Oh. We had very few contributors for that, and when we went through, in fact, like that was one of the reasons why I had stopped playing because I had burned myself out building all of those. Yeah, if and it, I if was it also had building partied us two together, our creations. We've oh, been yeah. done with that game in half the time. Yeah, that game would have been fucking finished. In fact, Kojima, I hope for the uh, director's cut, you allow friends to see each other specifically in each other's games. But just that 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 should have been a system to begin with of allowing friends to collaborate with one another yeah, in each other's games. Friends, uh, yeah, friends constructs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I get, I get why it wasn't done that way. 
you know, sort of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all it's all a little little pompous, but I, I get where he was going with it. Yeah, trying to you know make connections, et cetera, et cetera. But but when you're the you main know, contributor would, or the only contributor, yeah, that that kind of that mentality goes away really quick. Don't get me wrong, listeners. There were people out there that made some great constructions and had some key points that I ended up using. And I'm very appreciative Charging of those stations. People. Very, very uh, fucking uh, helpful. Some people but, maintained my shit. <laughs> but when it came, yeah, when it came to like fucking zip lines and stuff, like I, I built almost my entire, almost the entire network on that fucking place in every single map. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, in. I didn't rely on anybody's. Of course, I was, I was in the game pretty damn quick and early and yeah. put a lot of time into oh. it right away. So. Yeah, a lot I of mean, my shit was uh, like first builds, probably. Yeah, the the nice thing, Miles, is that I found out when you go back in, none of your stuff deteriorates. It stays where it, where where it stayed in the world when you created it. It stays that way, um, and uh, when you come back, um, and other people's construction stays that way from when you left, uh, and you can delete their stuff, and it'll try and find somebody else's things to to put in there as well. Um, but. I mean, overall, my, you know, our network and listeners, it sounds like I'm boasting. I am because we fucking put in a shit ton of work. Yeah. I kicked that game's ass with fucking efficiency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was, I could get, listeners, I could get from one side, literally on the largest map, I could get from one side of the map to the other in less than two minutes. Yep. That's but, how efficient we had made that shit. <laughs> yeah. But with their, their new stuff that they're adding, like it, it looks fun, like, you know, cargo cannon and shit like that. That'd be neat. That that looks just entertaining. I'm like, I don't yeah. know why you do that, but that looks entertaining. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it gets gets stuff clear across the map. I mean, but you still got to go get it before it deteriorates. Yeah, it would so. be different if you could climb in the fucking thing and shoot yourself there too. <laughs> right. Just saying. Uh, but all all in all, it it really just seems like it's quality of life upgrades and and challenge missions. Yeah, for the most part, uh, there's a couple of new missions in there. There's a couple of new uh, locations in there uh, that add uh, additional story, like world story uh, to like certain things, like different events that are taking place. Uh, Some uh, there's an entire mule underground base that was that was added. Yeah, but I think that's supposed to be just a challenge mission. Really? I think the challenge I thought the challenges were it has story, but it's just a a segmented thing. It's like it's not part of the actual world itself. It, that's why I was a little turned yeah, off I by think it's it. Just, mo- I think most of the stuff is just added extra stuff that's not really part of the main story. Like yeah. even the new boss that they've they've kind of introduced, the upside down sperm whale that they showed uh, mm. at the end of the trailer. It's kind of like a one of those weird introductions to a boss uh, that right. the game has. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, okay, so this is a new boss in a new area. That's kind of neat. At least to me, it seems pretty obvious that it's not going to be part of the main story because it's these things are segmented out from the main story. You know, these these are all things that they had planned originally for the game that didn't make into the into the final cut, which is why it's the director's cut, obviously. Um, but you know, just fun stuff that Kojima thought up and was like, yeah, we could just do this, we could do that, and just you know, throw this stuff in there. And uh, while that's that's fun, uh it doesn't seem like something I need to own the game again in order to explore. Yeah. I was, I was hoping when, when it was first announced, I was hoping it was going to be like, Oh, you know, 
whole new region or, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. a DLC update, you know, next chapter kind of thing. Yeah. And that's not what it is. So if you've never played the game before, um, this is going to make it that much more enticing to go to and check it out. Yeah. But ultimately for, for people like Vargo and I who have gone through the game and have basically appreciated it for what it is, it's really not enough to, to really entice us back. And listeners, uh, I mean, you know what we, we can see that this, this is obviously the definitive edition. Uh, but even with all the extra stuff that they've added in there for navigation, uh, the stuff like the stabilizers, that's going to help you more towards the end game stuff because the end game, you're really going to need those things because they take away all your zip lining abilities. I'm giving you a spoiler right now. Um, all the stuff that you had previously available to you is going to be gone. You're going to have to be reliant essentially on other people's creations in the map from that point. So when that happens, just be aware you're not going to have that stuff. So having the stabilizer is probably a good idea. Those, those will help. Those will help make the game a little more simple or like simple to navigate. And you won't have nearly as many, many boss encounters trying to get to the main boss in one of the, uh, the open areas. Uh, in Death Stranding, which is a whale and a pain in the ass. But uh, if you're going to, you know, if you do, listeners, if you are going to play it and it's your first time playing it, make a fucking beeline for those those zip lines. No joke. We're not over overselling it at all. Make a beeline for that. Invest all of your resources in making sure they have the longest distance capable of it, which I think is 300. Um, I think it's 300 meters. Uh, might be 350, pretty but I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's 300 meters. Uh, it starts out at like 250, and if you up do the second the second step upgrade for your uh, zip line right away, it'll increase that range, and you can set your stuff out farther from one another, making things a little more efficient. Um, takes shit ton of resources, but goddamn, you will you will be so grateful for it later on. Yeah. Uh, and roads are roads are still worthwhile too. If they don't have <coughs> roads are worthwhile. It'd be nice if uh, they thought about it ahead of time and said, okay, for the director's cut, we're not going to limit it to just only the director's cut version because I would imagine the director's cut's probably not going to sell as much as the original Death Stranding. I mean, maybe it will. I could be wrong, but I don't see that happening. Most of the time when I see games like this where it's like, oh, it's a definitive cut, it's just for the gamers who've never played it. And hopefully it doesn't limit you guys to just the director's cut supplies, like just the stuff that people make in the director's cut. Hopefully it opens that up and allows stuff that, you know, we've made from our games to come into yours so that you have that additional help because I could see that being a gigantic pain in the ass, especially with those roads, given the amount of resources that miles and I had to put into making those roads. Oh my God, your, your gameplay. If you decide to do that as a, as an undertaking, I will tell you right now, your gameplay is going to take forever. Right. It took me forever to progress in the game because I was, I was so preoccupied with trying to make sure the roads were fucking available. Cause I did it, it listeners, it did absolutely help in trying to navigate, uh, especially through areas where BTs are normally, uh, because in some cases the roads go over them. And you're like, all right, well, this isn't a problem anymore. Yeah, for the most part, they're safe. And on top of that, they charge your vehicle when you drive on them. Yep. So, you know, extremely And helpful. your equipment. But like you said, resource hog. So if you don't have any help with it, yeah, it takes a lot, especially towards the end. Yeah. Uh, once you start getting up to the higher elevations because the roads just wind like yep. a motherfucker. Yeah, and uh, one of the updates that was done for the original game, which I'm sure will transition over into this one, was that the roads deteriorate less. Uh, 
than they had started out when they very the very beginning when they had started out like we were we were seeing people having to dump resources into the into the roads to try and keep them maintained uh you know and uh, even we were having to do that sometimes because they would deteriorate faster uh than they do now and now now they're they're almost impervious i mean they they last for a long time in the game thankfully i think uh, i i think i only repaired like one or two roads i think everybody else maintained them like i just built them (laughs) yeah yeah that's that was my that was my case thankfully uh i had a lot of people who were willing to contribute to maintaining the roads so and uh i did have you know one thing that was that was a huge uh one thing that was huge in my gameplay was just like sometimes people there were some people in in my uh, game that would they would have bases show up at the most opportune perfect areas ever and i was like man like the, those guys, I was just like, dude, if if I weren't totally totally against like stalking a player online, I'd send them a message and saying, dude, your placement for this was fucking brilliant. Thank you. That's why they have the like system in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I make sure I spam the shit out of that button as much as I can when I come across stuff that's actually super helpful. Yeah, I think I think I remember one of my zip lines having like thousands of fucking likes on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, this was a key point, apparently. <laughs> and listeners, if you haven't played the game and you're interested in it, we think it's absolutely worth the time. We think it's absolutely a a great experience. The ending to Death Stranding is a schlog, just just yes. to be honest. <laughs> um, and when I say schlog, like it is it is time consuming. And if you are if it's Buddling. late at night and you're and you're at the end of that game, stop there. And go sleep because I made the mistake of, oh, I'm at the end. And it was an additional four to five hours yeah. before I actually got to the what the real ending is. And I like I kid you not, I was you know up till five o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, my God, like sending text messages to Miles like, for him to wake up to read of my frustration <laughs> of just trying to get through the ending. Still worth it. Still a cool game. Very predictable, but very good. Not nearly as nuanced as people like to make it sound. Sorry. No, I enjoyed it far more than I thought I was going to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but and yeah. <laughs> it's becoming a recurring theme on here. But uh, I think 50 bucks is probably a little much to ask for this since it's based on a game that came out years ago. Agreed. So yeah. I, like 40 bucks would have been the sweet spot, I think, for a director's cut release. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that uh, I think right now they're just kind of money grubbing a little bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Other uh, other games that uh, were shown off at Gamescom. Uh, Stray Blade was one that was shown off. And I'm not going to talk too much about it because it doesn't super interest me. I don't know if Miles will have anything to say, about it, but it, it looked a lot like Dark Souls meets Fable. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I was like, what? it looks like it's probably more tolerable than than dark souls to me but oh yeah i would hope I, so. I still have no real interest no <laughs> yeah no nothing really intriguing about it to me um the art style is very fable-esque that's kind of neat yeah. um it is going to be exclusive to the xbox series i believe i don't think that is actually i don't think it actually is going to come out to i I'm, listeners i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure this one's not coming to xbox one uh so if you're really looking forward to that, then you might have to have a next-gen system in order to play it or a PC. I believe it is coming to the PC, though. Some other news that came from Gamescom was uh, Halo Infinite. Uh, they showed off a bunch of multiplayer stuff, including an entire uh, live-action ad cinematic to show off uh, j- 
just the fact that they're going to be introducing the multiplayer is going to a full like seasonal release base. So the multiplayer is going to be free to play. Uh, and uh, that'll be one of those things where I, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they work. That is going to be like Fortnite, where they have, you know, seasonal passes, stuff like that. I would imagine that's where they're going to go with it, but Probably. it's, uh, I, I, we've said for a long time that the multiplayer should be kind of considered separate from a lot of other games and just build off of your multiplayer as you go. I think that's where where Microsoft actually is going, and they're going to build the Halo Infinite multiplayer into just the Halo multiplayer uh, system where it's just releases seasonal. They're going to change the content, change the game as they go, and that will be its own kind of living space. And the developers are kind of, well, they'll have a development team working on that they hopefully will actually have another development team free to work on campaign content and creating more more campaign stuff. We will see how that goes, but the one thing that kind of threw a red flag on whether or not the game was ready, and I'm not talking about the multiplayer, but the, the campaign is ready, is co-op is a future release and won't be available until a undetermined date. Um, this will be the first Halo without co-op on day one. Supposedly, the the campaign is supposed to release in the same time as the multiplayer, which is December. And uh, I got to say, if your co-op's not finished, guys, and this goes directly to 343, if your co-op's not finished and Microsoft, Phil Spencer, please hear me. If your co-op's not finished, this says to me that your game is not finished. Your game is not ready for launch. And this game wasn't ready for launch when you guys had originally planned years back. There's there's a reason why the game looked kind of janky the first time we saw it. Uh, it seemed like an unfinished product, and based off the fact that you don't have co-op, it sounds like an unfinished product. So take your time. If you guys have to delay beyond December and just release the multiplayer in December, completely fine with that. Yeah. Hold off on the campaign. No rush. Yeah. Give Give us the game that we want. Give us the game that we have been looking forward to since Halo 4. Uh, that we didn't get with Halo 5. Please. So. Um, another game that I wanted to talk about was uh, Marvel's uh, Sun <laughs> or Midnight Suns. Uh, this looked really interesting because at first when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this would be kind of neat. I, I missed the old top down like beat em ups that they've had with Marvel games in the past. Like, and uh, Ultimate uh, Alliance. Yeah, the Ultimate Alliance stuff, and I enjoyed last the last Ultimate Alliance on uh, the the Switch that I owned. It was a little too difficult at times in some of the boss fights because I just apparently was just not good enough. But that aside, I still enjoyed the games, and I thought that was kind of like a, a good genre for especially the Marvel universe and team ups. And this one is not like that. <laughs> so listeners, uh, they showed they showed off that trailer, and I was like, and it, for me, it kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't, I, I completely forgot that this is this had already been leaked. That they had been talking about it. It looks like a cool, you know, kind of supernatural, bringing in some of the supernatural stuff from Marvel. And despite earlier reports saying that you weren't going to be able to play as multiple characters, uh, you are going to be able to be able to play as multiple characters. You also can create your own hero to play in the game. But the gameplay is more, and they just recently showed off the gameplay itself, actually. So the gameplay itself is actually going to be more like XCOM. And it's X, it's like XCOM mixed with like magic or D&D card mechanics. Uh, I can't explain it really in any, any other way. Card mechanics aside, the XCOM thing has worked in the past with other genres that have just, 
you know, suddenly brought that in. Uh, Mario or Rabbids. Yeah, it was great. That was a lot of fun. Gears Tactics is really good. Yeah, those things where you never really thought they'd actually work out, work out, and they actually work well. So hopefully this is one of those things where it's a good uh, gameplay system that works out well. I don't know how the cards things works because it, based off of what they showed, the cards looked like they were kind of abilities, almost like you know when you have D&D draws and you're like, all right, well, this ability is what you'll use here or that kind of thing. So I don't know exactly how that's working. I, I couldn't get a good grasp on it, listeners, without me actually playing it just from the gameplay trailer. And perhaps, Miles, you could take a look at it and maybe you have a better idea of it. But who knows? It could be good. Some people really like that stuff. I'm not a huge fan of turn base, which the guys already know. I'm not going to bash it. It's not something that's really for me, though. And, uh, you know, unless I play it and really enjoy it, it's not going to be something I go into. Don't get me wrong. There's there are some there's some turn base that I will absolutely sacrifice my ideals for gameplay just to experience. And I mean, Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3 is one of them. I absolutely love that game. And it's all turn based. And we were we were having a good time with uh, Wasteland 3, just really buggy. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> that was the its only problem was Wasteland 3 was really buggy. And speaking of Wasteland 3, they announced the next DLC that's coming out for it, which sounds kind of cool. It sounds like a cool story. Now, given the developer, you know, I'm I'm I expect it would be dealing with a uh, atomic explosion that's in the middle, like suspended in essentially space and time. It's just it, it's an explosion that's that's currently happening, but on the outside. No one's experiencing it yet because it's just, I guess, slowly expanding. It's been been suspended. It's kind of cool. I'd be kind of interested in jumping. Like we talked about this, I'd be kind of interested in jumping back in if it weren't for the entire backlog that I have for things right now. Uh, I'd be yeah. really interested in jumping into that and trying to experience it and see if uh, they finally got rid of some of the bugs that we were experiencing before. Yeah, yeah, because it was funny as shit. So. Yeah. Another game that uh, was shown off was Doka V. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the fuck it, it's pronounced. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Doka 5, I mean, like, wherever the first four, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's Doka V, but listeners, it's really weird to describe. This is an open yeah, world. I, yeah, I don't, I don't realistic, know like, realistic level design with chibi, like creepy looking kids <laughs> in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fighting monsters and traversing the world in a very, you know, in, in some ways very similar to uh, other games that we've seen where, you know, Legend of Zelda and our uh, Sunset you know, Overdrive, just Sunset Overdrive and stuff like that. Like just, just this nonsensical real... and, you know, hyper action and just nutty. Yeah. That, when I when I first saw it, I had a message where I was like, so I just watched something like it's just Japanese nonsense. Yeah, the game. <laughs> yeah, like that's it's super interesting and cool looking, but really fucking weird, and I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> yeah, he listeners. So I had not seen it, and that's exactly how he described it to me. And I'm like, okay. So I go and look this up, and that that's basically what I got out of it too. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what this is about. I don't know if this even has a story. Like it's just so freaking out there over my head, like. Don't get me wrong. It's interesting. It's intriguing. Yeah. But at the, same, at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if this is a game I'd actually play or not. I, I think it's going to come down to what it's actually about. Because gameplay and and design-wise are, are relatively impressive. 
from the looks yeah. of it. But yeah, Shana was sitting here with me while I was watching, and I must have said, "What is this?" Like three right. times. <laughs> yeah, it's just I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what this is. What am I looking at? Speaking of not knowing what this is, there was a weird game that was shown off by Devolver. Um, called, what what's it called? Uh, sheep cult of the lamb cult of the lamb yeah uh that that game is fucking (laughs) weird (laughs) yeah it looks Uh, like it looks like don't starve uh with uh, a little more focus on uh, roguelite and but you know obviously with a very very different theme of you were trying to build the one true cult and uh so it's weird and dark and humorous. I don't know. It has um, some enter to the enter to the the gungeon elements to it. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't very, know if it's something that I'll check out or not. Uh, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean that, that's one thing. Listeners, Devolver. I hate the developer. Like, and it's just because it's the owner of the company. It's the way that they treat they treat their overall company and how they act yeah. uh, in the industry itself. They're just, they're ridiculous. They're like they're, they're people smelling their own farts. They're so fucking smug. Um, you know, act, they act like they act like they, they aren't part of the industry that they constantly communicate, you know, make fun of. And they do the, as the exact same things. So they're a walking contradiction, yeah. but they make some awesome looking games. Yeah. They, they develop and they publish a lot of really good indie kind of games. Yeah. So. So, you know, it it could just be one of those things where it's just not this might not be for me. Uh when anybody yeah. says roguelike, usually that's that's not for me. I mean, uh I have the hardest yeah. time getting into Hades, and Hades is a is a well made game. So Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm usually just not good enough to play uh, roguelites, at least not yeah. by myself. Um <laughs> if it's a co op thing, it's a little bit of a different story. But Yeah, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there is no, there is no, uh, there is no try, do or do not. You know, like okay, well, I, I don't, I do not. <laughs> I just don't. Then there's the like. So this one's kind of a, <laughs> a weird thing. I did not expect this. I did not even think that this was going to even come up again after the failure that there was the uh, the last mark in the uh, their franchise. But Saints Row is getting a reboot. Um, and the reason why I say I didn't think this was going to happen was because the last game that came out, and I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Agents of Mayhem, uh, was what they oh, called yeah, it. Yeah. And that I game was fucking that. terrible. Oh yeah, uh, was, looked looked trash. terrible from the beginning. Looked like a terrible idea, and they had just gone off the fucking rails. But they had created, they had decided that they were going to go back to kind of their roots and create Saints Row. It's just called Saints Row, listeners. It's not called Saints Row the reboot, which is what they should have called it, just because it's fucking funny. Uh, to say yeah. something like that, but it's getting some flack from fans because fans kind of yeah. wanted to see them do a progression of that universe, not a regression of we're just going to do what Hollywood does and reboot an entire universe because we went completely off the rails and we don't know where to go now. That's where that's what happened. Yeah, I honestly don't know how or where they would go with it from where the last one was. Yeah, because. You know, you, you went into uh, basically a matrix situation uh, mm-hmm. and that's not if you if you don't count the uh, I think it was just a DLC or, or spinoff or whatever the 
uh, Get Out of Hell, Get out of which hell. was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Goes from aliens, alien invasion, t- taking over yeah. the planet, taking everyone from the planet, blowing up the Earth. The Earth is gone. To going into hell and saving someone's soul. Like it was just so. Like don't get me wrong, listeners. It was absolutely off the fucking rails, and I get where yeah. they were coming from. They didn't know where to go, but. I think the thing that they're getting flack from is the fact that they've they've re when they've rebooted it, they've rebooted it to the point of, all right, we're going back to Saints Row 2, which I don't think is the the big problem. The problem is we're going back to Saints Row 2 and we're acting like the Saints never existed, that this group of four gangsters who have been taking shit from everybody get tired of taking shit from everybody else that they that they work for and decide to create their own gang called the Saints Row or called the Saints. And this is how we're rebooting the universe. It's a different world and stuff like that. I'm like all right, so you're 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 trying to create your own MCU, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Like we fucked up too many times on this one. We went off the rails. Like that's kind of kind of how I see the MCU is like they went off the rails too many times with other individual films, and then they decided, all right, we have to create the MCU. But you already had the like it, it's like doing that after you've already had the MCU, <laughs> right. which is kind of where they were at. Yeah, and and you know for. For for listeners that aren't familiar with it, because Saints Row has been around for a while, uh, it was basically just kind of a knockoff of Grand Theft Auto when it first started. Absolutely, yeah, it was absolutely a knockoff. It was, it was a little bit just a little bit more versions. nonsensical, um, yeah. and it was based off of older versions of Grand Theft Auto. It, it didn't take any of the evolved mechanics that had gone with story and gameplay for Grand Theft Auto. It kind of based everything off of okay, we're going to take the best ludicrous parts of the old games and kind of base build off that. And they had really terrible writing that tried to sound serious, yeah. but just came off as cheesy gangster, like eighties, eighties gang, and, gang members. <laughs> and just like most sci-fi movies nowadays, uh, don't take the, they, they, they progressively just took themselves less and less serious and yeah. just embraced the nonsense. So it became more like yeah, dubstep gun. Yeah. It became more like, Grand Theft Auto meets Crackdown. Yeah. And, you know, that was, it it worked. You know, the games were a lot of fun. Um, You know, I played, you know, I didn't replay the last one, but I played the shit out of it. I got pretty much 100% on it. Yeah, Loach Uh, loved the Saints Row series. I was, I was kind of hoping Lister's was going to be on this so he could talk about this and get his cue or his, his take on it. But, yeah, alas. So, you know, I, I, I like it. I don't know if I go so far as say as I'm I'm a big fan or anything like that, but the flack <laughs> that it, this is getting seems somewhat weird to me because it's it's become a game that's grounded in nonsense to begin with. And like so it's kinda hard to be critical of nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think the I think the big the big problem people are having is just story-wise, like they don't like the idea of rebooting the entire universe for this. And instead, I think I think they're in the same place that we were with uh, Resident Evil, like Resident Evil Seven. Like, well, just create a new franchise. Yeah, I saw a lot of people uh, um, bitching about the uh, character designs because they're like ultra hipster or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't fucking care. Is like it? They let <laughs> let you create your character weird as fuck <laughs> you're like yeah. i ran around as a superhero for vast majority of the last yeah you could be a clown transvestite i mean i don't think that this is a problem so yeah uh so. and on top of that like they're, they're too hipster did you guys see 
Saints Row characters in the past. I mean, Johnny Gat is a fucking douche and a half. Look at him. Yeah, he's fucking. He looks hilarious. like he walked. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he looks like he walked out of a 1980s gang like gangster movie. What Hollywood perceived as gang members, like eventually they're just gonna have a bro down and have a, a, a dance off to figure out if they can save the local community center. Like that's, that's how Johnny Gat looks to me. You know, the freaking stripe hair, like what a, what a, what a awful design <laughs> that is. And you guys are complaining about these designs. Mm, all right. Well, I know, I know most of the saints row market is like players aren't that sophisticated. So I don't see why you guys have a problem with this. Just saying. While while Saints Row still it still looks like it has like based off that trailer it looks like it's still gonna have some of that batshit crazy nature with the rocket launchers and uh, the cars driving on roofs. Uh, another yeah. game uh, that has a batshit crazy nature look into it uh, is Park Beyond, which is being made by the uh, the Tropico developers. Uh, that looks like it's just batshit crazy and fun. You you're creating theme parks that use uh, rides that would never ever work. <laughs> in the history of mankind you know an octopus that throws a ride around i mean like it it looks crazy but it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and i'm actually kind of looking to the looking forward to that and uh especially trying i i'm i really like theme park games they're they're a lot of fun but i always put them into the sandbox mode to begin with just so i can build whatever i want yeah because a lot of time campaigns aren't very fun but tropico always seemed like a campaign that's just kind of enjoyable uh, it's goofy. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think this would be one that I'd actually enjoy playing the actual or doing the actual campaign. I, I look forward to watching the video of uh, Josh from Let's Game It Out. Take right. At it. Yeah, I hope they give him it, developers <laughs> of, uh, of Park Beyond. If you could please give him an early review code, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> A game that actually turned my head and made me like originally I, I kind of had this uh let's just I have I don't have a whole ton of faith in a lot of the later like the latest Metroid games because <sighs> Nintendo has a tendency to like they'll they'll try different things with 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 certain franchises and they just don't work or even if they do work they don't go back to them so I mean that was the case with Metroid Prime Metroid Prime was a fantastic series and they never made one beyond three and they're they're supposedly working on four, but that's been reboot or redone and gone back into redevelopment several times now. And that kind of makes me a little weary for that. But uh, we hadn't had a Metroid game in a while and they had announced dread and said that dread was in the vein and they started naming off some of the other, the other Metroids, including the original Metroid. Um, but some of the Metroids that they included in that, I was like, ah, that one wasn't very good. That one, that one wasn't very, uh, very enjoyable. So I was a little weary about where this one was going. Saw the latest uh, trailer for it. Shows off some of the gameplay. It actually looks good. I'm actually kind of looking forward to this Metroid. Um, it's a, looks like it's going to be a decent side scroller uh, and is going to employ a lot more of the old school mechanics rather than some of the newer stuff that they tried. And uh, I'm trying to think of the one that they did after Prime that uh, a lot of people didn't like. I didn't like it either. It made me a little more excited for that franchise. I'm kind of looking forward to it. So if uh, if you're looking at getting into the Metroid uh, series, hopefully you don't have to know too much of the story because there's there's a lot of story there. But if you do need to know more about the story, I'm sure there are plenty of videos that actually go through the history of Metroid and explain what what took place with uh, Samus Aran. So 
there was Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon 5. Now, listeners, we already seen Forza Horizon 5. Miles and I had had a conversation a while back about how the cars didn't quite look like they matched up with the world on them. They looked kind yeah. of floaty. Um, they still look somewhat floaty, but it's not as bad as it was. Uh, there's definitely been, they definitely added some ambient uh, occlusion to the cars a little bit more uh, on top of with the ray tracing to try and make them blended in a little bit more with the ground and look a little more realistic and like they belong together with the ultra realistic environments that they have them in, especially when they're standing still, when they're standing still fucking beautiful looking. Uh, But one of the downsides that we noticed while they were doing the gameplay was um, there is an issue with haloing going on with ambient occlusion, especially during the dust storms. It was with the uh, the electrical lines, the the telephone poles that they showed. Yeah. Uh, if you look at it, listeners, watch that trailer again. You'll see this the this kind of white haloing effect going on with the uh, the poles, because that's the ambient occlusion not being able to work with the dust movement in the background, the fog effects that they're using for it. So, I think that's something that they need to kind of look into and maybe fix. Just thought. Um, Things like that when you're playing a game, especially when you're going at high speeds, those can kind of, they can either be distractions or they can pull you out of the immersive feel of a game. For me, that's that's the kind of stuff that I look for. It's kind of like when you have a massive drop in frame rate and you're playing the game and everything was smooth and then the, the frame rate drops, and you're like, oh shit. Well, that's immersion breaking. Yeah. Just, uh, just a few things that we saw in there. Still looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Forza Horizon series has been one of my all-time favorite uh, racing franchises to come out and uh, to see how that's evolved from when it started. Cause listeners, I'll be honest when the Forza horizon was first announced, I was kind of against it uh, because I was a huge fan of the Forza motorsport and I didn't know, I didn't really understand what they were trying to accomplish with Forza horizon. But when I played it, suddenly I got it. It clicked. I was like, Oh, this makes sense. This is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. This is more of an experience of what we used to get from the older need for speeds. This is kind of what they were trying to go for. Of This is a just a fun racing experience, and it's meant for everyone. Yeah, it's a blast. It's, it's where motorsport was going to head if motorsport didn't stay on the we're going to strictly stay a simulator experience. So they decided to split them off. It's a great idea. Loved it. And I've loved it since. So is there anything else you want to bring up from, from Gamescom before I go into the Horizon Forbidden West? I meant to bring this up with the uh, the Halo bit. Okay. I kind of wish I hadn't gotten my uh, Elite Series controller so so soon. Because uh, they finally oh, yeah. were coming out with that, that collector's one for Halo. It, it looks cool as shit. And the Xbox that is also going to match that looks cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. I, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not so silly that I, I'm gonna sit there and, and <laughs> spring for a no. It's special also edition. It's, right, I mean, it's also it. the fact that you can get the Elite Series. You can get the Elite Series Two controller for uh, 170 bucks or even 150 bucks in some cases, depending on if there's a if there's a sale on it. And yeah. uh, that Halo one is 200 dollars. Yeah, and there's there's no way you're gonna get that for lower at least not for a while. And if it's truly limited edition, then there's no way you're getting it for lower than two. Lower than $200 yeah. is not going to happen. But it was fucking sweet. So if you're looking but, to yeah. get one and you can snag one, fucking good on you. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> and we will tell you that the uh, the series controllers are 
as much money as they are and as crazy as it sounds, they're absolutely they worth the money. feel better. Yeah, they're absolutely worth the money. Everything about it feels the weight so much better. Or what? It's just, it's so much more comfortable to, weight, to play the on sticks, the series. I mean, the sticks are so buttery smooth, it's stupid. Yeah. Like, and you can change the fact that you can change the tension on them and make them stiffer, make them feel however, like whatever kind of resistance you want to, you want to have with your thumbs on the, on those is yeah. just awesome. And, and I programmed those back buttons to do the, uh, the left and right stick click. So I don't destroy the sticks. Yep. <laughs> Trying to just sprint. Yeah. I mean the, the, the reprogrammable buttons uh, underneath is a time you know, that is, that is a, godsend for so many different games on the fact that some games like you're just like i want this to be the a button instead of this for the for the yeah. under under buttons and because of that like i have i have different settings for fallout i have a different setting for uh warframe uh i mean warframe is my my main default for it on how i've set that up but because of because of how i've set that up like i i i never have to check you know touch the freaking face buttons ever again yeah that's awesome and I, I I do wish though uh, more games would look into uh, turning let allowing you to program them as hotkeys though, you know for whatever you know take a potion. oh I got you yeah so yeah. so you can actually just give it a command that would be exceedingly yeah. special like uh, helpful that'd for, be fucking awesome <laughs> yeah that that would be very helpful for you know just tons of games uh, you know Tropico things you know things that you normally would want hotkeys on a keyboard for could be put to the test on that. Yeah. That'd be kind yeah. of cool. I could absolutely see that. Uh, and listeners, that is a, it's a better controller than uh, any other controller. <laughs> yeah. Out there. Sorry. It is. Um, there's a reason why it costs that much. Now I can't, I can't tell you that it's flawless because I, you know, my first, uh, my first elite series two actually failed. I actually had a, uh, a problem with one of the buttons, um, something on the internal, uh, had gotten loose and caused one of my triggers to stick. It would just stick randomly. It would just stay there and not move. Um, but the nice thing is Microsoft did replace it and they do come with like a, I think they come with each, uh, come with a year long warranty and you can actually extend that warranty through Microsoft if you buy it through them. Uh, if not, you can also get warranties from other companies that offer warranties in electronics and those are, uh, those are upheld too as well. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, those were, those were sweet. Um, yeah, even, the, even got, the regular series controller, the regular, uh, limited edition one that they're coming out with the, the standard series controller they had, mm. that was badass looking too. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things like I, I have, I make sure I keep my series two charged. So I pretty much never touch the regular series controller anymore. Yeah, I try to <laughs> as much as I can. I mean, it, it's got a oh, it's got a 20 almost a 22 pack, 22 hour yeah, it lasts power, like, for fucking life. ever comparatively. Um yeah. And uh I rarely does mine go out and if it does go out, I you know, I I'm reluctant to go over to my other controllers. They're still they're still good listeners and I still like I mean I still have my uh my limited edition uh freaking uh Sea of Thieves one. The the one that that yours yours got the the stick drift on oh yeah sure just rub it uh out. you forgot to yeah you forgot to steal mine and, and replace it with yours yeah. um i still have that and i'll go to it but i'm like i'm kind of i'm still reluctant to go to it compared to what i you know what i enjoy using 
it's yeah. to the point where it's like almost one of those things where I'm like, ah, I've thought about, I've honestly considered like getting rid of my older controllers and just having the elites right? and, and just buying those from now on. Super expensive <laughs> to do, but I have, <laughs> I have an elite for my console and I have an elite for my PC and I, I won't, I would not use anything else. What's really funny is the fact that like the, I had a buddy of mine. He's like, I, you know, uh, Brandon, he brought up the fact that he loves his, his PS five controller on his PC. That's what he uses on his PC. Mm. And uh, he's like, I love that controller. It's so great. And I'm like, it's a good controller. It's a good controller. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for no you know, the fucking series <laughs> on my life no. ever. No. And he, like, he goes, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you just don't know. Like <laughs> once you, once you figure it out and once you learn how to use that thing, it is awesome. So, uh, but yeah, those, those, those designs were just badass, And I was like, man, like you guys, well, it's really funny listeners is the fact that like this, this comes out and I knew it was going to happen. This comes after I'd already made the decision that I'm not going to get a series X. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to hold off. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off for PlayStation five pro obviously, but, uh, I'm not getting a series X, not because it's a bad console. It's actually a great console. Um, yeah. but it's because it'd be pointless. My, my current PC is still more power is now more powerful than the series X will ever be. Yeah. And given the fact of Microsoft's wonderful policy, like Microsoft, I cannot tell you how great I love this policy of yours of making sure that your games are on PC as well. Cause I will buy your games. Yeah. Cause that'd um, be the only reason really for you to, to swap over. Absolutely. If there was something that was restricted to just Xbox. Yeah. And for for Microsoft to, (laughs) yeah. And for Microsoft to take this, yeah. And for Microsoft to take that stance of like, we're going to make sure we are consumer friendly. I mean, this is Microsoft listeners, Microsoft, and they're making sure they're consumer friendly and saying, we're going to put our games on all these platforms and make sure you guys can play them. Dude, that is money. You guys instantly made me a fan. You've, you've brought me back to the, hype that I was at when the 360 was out, even when the 360 was failing, the fact that Microsoft got it more than Sony of how you treat your customer base and the fact that you make sure you have the games, you make sure that your system is is reasonably priced. I mean, like I'm back to that hype of Xbox is awesome. Whereas Microsoft fucking ruined that reputation last generation with the Xbox one initially. They brought us. They brought it back. Yeah, when they first you know, unveiled it. Yeah, yeah. They they brought us back with you know Game Pass and and their policies on that, uh, and that's what's led into this new generation. Of I, I just now just, I, I will say I wish the inverse were true as well that the PC games that are are on Game Pass would be available on Xbox because <laughs> there's yeah, some well, that, that that's I come the, and across. That's, that's the thing is like some some of those games are only for PC. Yeah, and they're not even and, made and, by Microsoft. Yeah, and some of them aren't really all that. Uh, a lot of the ones that I want to play aren't really all that extravagant. You know, they're they don't no. they wouldn't require a heavy duty CPU or anything like that to run it. You know, it's just it's just not available for Xbox. I'm like, god damn it! <laughs> yeah, just the, the control scheme isn't there, or it's not uh, it's not really. I mean, like in some cases, like the the control scheme is there. Like you can use a controller, but it's not recommended. Yeah. <laughs> for them like i'll be talking about this later but uh the the game 12 minutes it, it uses a you can use a controller i wouldn't it's 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 a mouse and keyboard that's a mouse and keyboard game and the fact that that's on the console is and i haven't i haven't listeners granted i haven't tried it on the console i don't know if it's a little bit different but it's a, it's a point and click and that's kind of a pain in the ass on 
any controller. Yeah. Yeah, unless it snaps like a tab option. Yeah. You know, and it's a because it's a, I don't even like that in menus when it comes to like Destiny or uh, yeah, No Man's Sky. It. Yeah, can't stand it. Shouldn't exist. <laughs> not not on a console. Um, uh, some quick quick bits. Uh, Jet the Far Shore got uh, un- uh, unveiled. That's releasing in October, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't played the previous game, but it's in my wish list now because it got my interest a while back. So I got that to look forward to at some point. They also showed the release date for uh, Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, which yep. is all of the Lego games. Um, yeah, which was originally announced two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and we, I'd been asking for it for fucking five years now. <laughs> Absolute hands down, my favorite Lego game series of all time, and uh, that's fair. I still have zero interest in it. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they're gonna compile it all together, uh, I will absolutely play through that again, especially with Shayna. So, yeah, uh, listeners, the only reason I, sh- I should point out the only reason I have no interest in it is because I've played them all, and because I've played them all, and for the most part, I had to play them with no co-op. I'm good after that. Right. I'm, I'm done. Uh, I haven't played any of the new trilogy ones that they came out with yeah so it'll be uh be fun to go through shredder's revenge looks great uh i hope it has uh online oh god i hope so i have a sneaky feeling that it's probably not going to in which case i probably won't bother because the only people i'd play it with is the guys and since i am stuck out here (laughs) yeah there'd be no there would be no point but it does look like a, a great uh, uh, in good faith recreation of the old games and adding some more stuff to it. Yeah. And uh, they showed off the Stalingrad demo for uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. Which for Call of Duty Vanguard. In some ways it looked great. In some ways it looked great as it kind of typically does. I'm glad to see that they're going back to that timeline and we've we've touched on it before when they first announced it. But uh, the demo was weird. It was very non-confrontational for part of it, for unbeknownst reasons. Yeah. So, listeners, without having full context as to what's going on in that story uh, or that point in the story, it comes across at the beginning of the demo like she comes across enemy, you know, enemy Nazis who just kind of redirect her down a different room, and she just, you know, the the character just goes underneath a a plank and moves on. And uh, goes and just instantly enters into uh, killing other Nazis, which I'm sure she's going to have to kill the ones she just saw. Like it did, it didn't make any sense as to what was taking place. So yeah, and and since there were no subtitles, it was hard to catch what the uh, the Germans were saying. So and Miles and I both we we can we can pick out German. We we know a little bit of it. So we're we're sitting there going, I I don't know if he just said you know. Uh, go wait, go wait in there, or if he's, <laughs> or or what he's doing. But like, she's clearly Russian uh, at the time, unless she's wearing a German a a German uh, Nazi uniform, which I don't think that was the case because, based off the demo we saw, it was right after the attack. Yeah. So you you come across as very much a Russian citizen. Yeah. Overall, Vanguard. It looks that game looks awesome and listeners i want to point out the fact that this is the kind of, this is the kind of campaign we talked about years ago of we missed 
the different theaters of war campaigns. Yeah, the multiple fronts. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to see the multiple fronts. We want, we love those stories. Those stories are just awesome to hear and getting bits and pieces, like being able to play bits and pieces of that kind of history is just really appealing. And uh, especially I like, especially on the Russian side, you know, <laughs> communism aside as, as bad as it went later uh, during world war two, that, that battle between Russia and Germany was some of the most bloody battles that had ever existed in war. Oh yeah. And the hatred that they had for one another is something that is really, it's almost impossible to fully describe to have the opportunity to, to actually see what took place or using, using these games to show the events that took place. It's an experience that you can't knock. But the downside is, is that Activision has recently as especially as of late have shown just the kind of despicable company they are so much that it creates this weird tension of do you do you boycott the game and in hopes that you are going to cause activision so much pain financially that they will finally learn their fucking lessons which is possible i mean that's literally the only that's that's the only way we've seen companies actually learn is with their wallet at the same time, when you're boycotting the game, you're hurting those developers because those developers who still worked on it, they they end up having their jobs kind of depend on this stuff, especially at these companies. These companies take these policies of, oh, if your game doesn't perform well, then we don't give you a raise. If your game doesn't perform well, we don't keep you as, a, as an employee. We just fire you all and move on. And I don't yeah, want to see we, that We've happen. talked about it before. They... They, they, they get rid of people when they do perform well. Yeah. So and when that kind of stuff doesn't even fucking matter to Activision Blizzard. So, yeah. So, yeah. if if listeners, if you're looking at buying Call of Duty, I'm not I'm not going to knock you anymore. I'm not going to call you a hypocrite or anything like that because I get it. I understand that it's a game you want to play and you want to show them that this is the kind of experience that you want. At the same time, you're trying to show them that you want to support the developers and these some of these developers are still stuck there and you don't want you don't want to take away that support from them but at the same time for some of us who are boycotting we don't want to give money to a company that that's that's that fucking evil yeah and the the sad sad reality of it is for for the boycotting thing to truly have an impact it has to be kind of a united front yeah and it it's just not going to happen in the grand scheme of things i mean we no. can't even get a united front a little bit of politics here people we can't even get a united front to say that segregation is bad. Yeah. <laughs> In 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so we have people who literally claim to be anti-racist and teaching anti-racism and their solution is creating segregation. Something that something that yeah. went away in the 60s listeners, something that went away. Yeah. is is has made a comeback. Not dramatic. I'm not going to say overall, but it's the fact that it's yeah. even being suggested today, that's lunacy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it'd be like if we degraded back to fucking accusing people of being witches. Oh God, you know. It, so I'm gonna start, listeners. That happens. I'm gonna literally that. start pointing the finger at like half of our representatives and just calling them <laughs> witches. <laughs> uh, so yeah, trying to do a united front against a, a product and or company, especially one as big right. as Activision, this. Sadly, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, uh, especially I, since I, I I don't buy stuff from them just because 
in all reality, they don't typically make games that I want to buy. Well, just go like just go to yeah. their YouTube page. Like you see the amount of people who are upvoting it and like, oh, man, I can't wait to play this. They have no idea. Like most of them listeners, they like one type of game and that's all they know. Yeah. And they don't keep up with any of the stuff that's happening behind the scenes because they have no idea how evil that company is and they don't want to know. Yeah. I mean, I, I myself, I, I, I hate Ubisoft's fucking practices. But for me, their games, I'm kind of like the battered spouse. I keep coming back for more. Yeah, and for me, I already <laughs> wrote them off. I went, I'm done. I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. I'm out. I get it. I uh, totally get it. I wish I wish I could, but it's so <laughs> they, Miles they is so fun games. It's really hard for me to Here's the thing, Miles. Away. It's so much easier for me than any than most other people because because I have a PC, because I have that PC outlet, because I have other things I can yeah. go to that go beyond console i'm not limited to okay these are my go-tos and that's 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 where i've enjoyed uh game pass as much as i have because it's opened up so many different avenues for me to play games that i would have never have even bothered to to try to get um yeah because we're we're not made of money i know i've always (laughs) yeah i I know listeners it sounds like we're all constantly fucking campaigning for game pass but and and we swear to God we don't fucking get paid. Yeah, we we have listeners. We have no sponsors. <laughs> uh, we're we're, no. we're honest. We but we do promote anything. We do promote any service that proves that it is absolutely worth the money. Yeah, and and it has been. It yeah. I've I've even I've even bought a few games that uh, I've played and or had interest in because of Game Pass. Um, it's rare. I usually just try to burn through them, and that way it's done. But, uh, you know, that that's that's been a real thankful thing for me is being able to, you know, play a lot more shit that's not mainstream. Yeah. Really quick, getting back to the whole, like, you know, uh, boycotting thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I just want to, you know, listeners, I just want to reiterate to you guys, like, we get it. We get why you would boycott. We get why you wouldn't. But the overall community, I will tell you, even if you're boycotting, the overall community is not aware of what's happening. You just go to their YouTube, just go to the YouTube page and you will see the amount of people who have no clue the things that Activision and Blizzard have been have been a part of. Look at the amount of people who are looking forward to Diablo 2, regardless of what Blizzard has now been attached to when it comes to the sexual harassment suit. Yeah, sexual harassment stuff, the the Hong Kong nonsense. Yeah, there there are yeah. people who literally sat who are literally literally sitting there and bold face like bold face saying that none of the stuff that's taken place with the sexual harassment suit actually happened regardless of photographic proof receipts everything everything that shows this shit was going on they will literally tell you ah no nah, it's not happening like those are the kind of things where you're just like okay like you, you've either gone to the point where you you got so fed up with the gamergate shit and you just said you just decided after that point of it's all fake or where you're just in denial because you just you want to feel OK about buying the game. It's one. It's got to be one of those. It, it's not like there's no evidence out there that shows that this is taking place, but people just they ignore it. Much like with politics, oh, yeah. they just ignore what's happening in the world and they just yeah. kind of go politics, well, stuff in history. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just it's not affecting me personally because it doesn't affect the fact that I want to buy this. That's that's kind of how it yeah. looks. So if you have a friend who's who's not the, willing to boycott, boycott it, don't don't think ill will of them. Just be willing to have that conversation and ask them why. If they don't know anything that's yeah. going on, then maybe they're better off living in ignorance. 
Uh, one other thing that was shown off uh, during Gamescom was No Man's Sky update for No Man's Sky Frontiers. <laughs> uh, I've recently been playing the shit out of No Man's Sky again because it's it's fun to me. And I'm a battered spouse, and it will and a battered change. spouse. But, uh, but nice thing is, he's is changed. It, I'm not being I'm not being charged for this. If this was a True, Ubisoft yeah. title, I would have been charged for every single freaking uh, content release. Well, hell, um, EA almost tried that with Anthem. You want the Anthem two point? Yeah. You want Anthem, you know, one point two or whatever the fuck they were going to call it? Oh, you have to pay for it. You have to pay for the game again. What? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You guys didn't make a good game to begin with. Which they basically just wound up giving up on. Yep. Which we all but, thought uh, they should have done, you know, months and months and months ago, like a year before they even tried it. Yeah. Um, as far as the No Man's Sky Frontier update, I've played a fair amount of it. Um, the settle the settlements is the big thing for the Frontier update. Um, it's an interesting uh, mechanic. I don't think it's flushed out completely yet. I don't think it's where they want it to be. So it might have been released a little early. Uh, did cause some some bugs here and there uh, that weren't present before the release, but they've uh, quickly patched out a lot of those. Thankfully, um, I will give Hello Games that kind of credit is that they have stuck with the hell out of this game. So. Yeah, they uh, they did eventually, you know, based off of what everybody's talked about, they did eventually deliver uh, and even went beyond what they had originally talked about. Um, in some cases, some stuff just never made it into the game and that's fine because it just wasn't possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some, some stuff is still missing from the initial promises, but in the grand scheme of things, they owned up to it and they've, they've made a game that lives up to the quality that we were expecting. Yeah. In all reality. And it looks great. Do not (laughs) try to play it on the one S because the frame rate is terrible on the one S. Yeah, the, the original Xbox One and One S cannot handle that game very well. The PlayStation 4, no. the original PlayStation 4 does okay. It's not great. The PlayStation 4 Pro, and in listeners, I'm telling you this based off of uh, the gameplay footage that I've watched from uh, the mm. sort, or a lot of the sources that I watch for comparative videos, um, one of them being Digital Foundry. Uh, but they, the, the PS4 Pro works pretty well. It, it does a pretty good job, about as good as it did before, which wasn't bad. Um, still doesn't do an excellent job of trying to make more of the environment around you. The Xbox One X does a little bit better, has a little more horsepower, and can do a little bit more. Uh, very, very minor frame rate uh, issues on the One X. Yep. Uh, um, in general, looks pretty good. Yeah, and the... Uh, but the uh, the, the Series X looks great. Yeah, Series X and the uh, the PS5, the systems are far more powerful, and with that, they're they're pretty much up to snuff with with what PCs can handle. Yeah. So, granted, it's still a procedurally gener- generated game, so there's a still there's still a lot of pop in. Um, you'll get yeah, artifacting and whatnot, but that's not from the the system that's from just the game and it's coding well, it's, it's part part of that's from the system uh, and keep in mind procedurally generated is dictated directly with the power of whatever system the, the pop in yes not the not the artifacting okay i got you yeah sorry i i thought i was separating that um no the the pop in yes uh the artifacting is not because of the system yeah uh artifacting is just code yeah 
I got you. Uh, and and some of it's stuff that's been there apparently for you know years now. So, but it looks good. I'm having fun with it. It's cool to see that they're they're still pumping out content for a game that I bought on the PlayStation, but I'm currently only playing it on the Xbox. <laughs> it's still like I I gotta be honest. When I saw that trailer, though, I still don't I still don't believe it. <laughs> Even after seeing all the gameplay stuff, I still look still look at it, and all I can think of is the ridiculous like, you know, way that certain creatures looked and and how terrible like certain things just generated in the game originally, and how derpy some yeah. some freaking things looked. And I just like all I can think of is just the oh, there's, Jurassic there's Park theme on the kazoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still plenty of that. Um, you can have companions now. I think that was probably in the la- I think that was in the last update though yeah uh i came across this bizarre ass fucking world uh where there was only one kind of living creature on it and it was these big uh i say uh i don't know six foot round uh blue marble motherfuckers <laughs> they're just rolling around the planet <laughs> eating dirt and uh i was like what the shit is that space lines. scan it and it's uh you know, it's like submissive eats dirt. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go make it my friend. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a pet giant blue marble. Yeah. Just rolls around <laughs> and follows me. Uh, it's fucking unnerving as shit. <laughs> um, sounds like it. <laughs> there's a lot of nonsense in that game. That's uh, that's entertaining. Uh, last thing from Gamescom listeners, and this is going to lead us into a different conversation as well, is Horizon Forbidden West was officially delayed till February 18th, 2022. Called it. And yeah, we all <laughs> called it. Um, it wasn't a surprise at all. In fact, we were a little surprised. I got to say we're a little surprised. It's only delayed till February. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the quality that we've seen from, from the demo. It just has to do with the fact that it just seems like almost nothing keeps its release date. Anymore. Yeah. It, it just seems like that, it's, that's it's, probably it's just a, a date, wish. I should say. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that is that absolutely is surprising a lot of fans, not so much us, um, but a lot of fans, is how convoluted and bullshitty the purchasing is of this game. Sony has taken a cue from 2K and uh, EA and created a a puzzle of nonsense on how to purchase the PS4 version but also get access to the PS5 version of the game eventually if you don't have a PS5 yet. So in order to get both, you, you'd you think they'd just say it's $70. Like, uh, oddly, Activision has taken probably the best approach for this, even though I don't agree with the $70 price tag and that we've had that discussion in the past. But Activision has a better approach to the fact that if you just pay $70, you get both versions of the game and that's it. There's a $60 version of the game, which is last gen, and a $70 version of the game, and that's both both versions. So if you don't have the next gen consoles yet, eventually you'll be able to get it. And that seems to be the most logical approach when dealing with this $10 price hike. Yeah. Once again, is ridiculous to begin. Yeah, it's it's still ridiculous. Listeners, we're not (laughs) supporting that, but we're saying that's the most logical point if they're going to do that. Uh, But nope. Instead, if you buy that version, you only get the PS5 version. So like if you buy the $70 version, listeners, you're only getting the PS5 version. You have no access to the PS4 version. So you at some point, if you want to buy the PS5 or, or if you want to buy the PS4 version, you'd have to buy it separately. Or in order to get the PS5 version and the PS4 version, you have to buy one of their most overpriced yeah. 
special editions. They get the special or the collectors. Yeah, nope. Collector's edition does not include it. So it does. Yeah, there, there's the there's so there's the collector's edition, there's the special edition, and then there's the uh the two hundred and fifty or two hundred sixty dollar one that you talked about. Yeah, which is uh mostly uh a quote unquote better statue, more more physical shit. Yeah, there's mostly. there's one that's a physical version and it's not it's not the it's it's not included in the digital stuff. There's one that's a physical physical version yes, that's the a collectors. Collect, that's a collector's edition that doesn't include both. It includes only one. Yeah, it does. No, it, it comes with both. I looked it up before uh, oh, I, I, we got on. I'm not disagreeing that that's the version. I'm saying there's there's one of them out there that they said that there's it's actually a collector's edition, but it doesn't include both. It only includes one. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, Let's see what and I can't re- like in listeners this this is what I'm talking about. Like it's it's I feel like I'm dealing with the chart from Anthem. It's convoluted. Like yeah. we're we're back to this ludicrous chart of having to figure out this version comes with this, this this version doesn't come with this, but it comes with this. Like, what the fuck comes with your game? Why are you doing this, Sony? What the fuck is wrong it's with like you? It's like seven or seven or nine different editions. Yeah, it's just it this like, is so why? This is so anti-consumer. I have no clue what the fuck you're thinking. And if your marketing team came up with this, you should fire all of them. Hire me as one person. I could fix this entire thing. Jesus Christ, guys. Remove your head from your collective ass, please. Yeah, and it's just just making... It, it feels like fucking bait. Oh, to yeah. To try to get people to buy more shit. Yeah, like, absolutely. oh, well, That's I bought exactly the wrong version. Well, then you're going to need to shell out some extra money and get the other one. Like... And, and I guess to top it off, I guess the Sony exec uh, prior to all of this... Uh, said that it was going to be the the upgrade was going to be included with the the uh, the game. Yep. Right. Yeah, Which that's going back on a promise. Means it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be the ten dollar upcharge, and it wouldn't be the seven fucking different editions of the game. Yeah, all of this is coming from their newest asshat that lives in California. All of it. Yeah. And yes, he's an asshat. I don't give a shit how fucking important he thinks he's just a fucking moron. I pointed out to Vargo is like, I think it's just Sony trying to make up for the, uh, the lost revenue they're going to have from all the teenagers that only get to play three hours of fucking games in China. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a whole other policy we'll have to talk about. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, as, uh, as Kevin Kinson put it, buying video games shouldn't have to be a puzzle. And he yeah. is absolutely shouldn't right. It shouldn't be a game in itself. You should just buy a game. <laughs> it shouldn't have to be this fucking chart that you have to sit there and look at and go, am I getting the version that I want or that comes with everything I want? Cause if listeners, if you saw it, it's fucking ridiculous. This is nuts. And yes, I know I've said fuck a lot and I do say fuck a lot, but this is so infuriating to deal with. This is the kind of shit that you get when Sony gets too big of a head on their shoulders because they did so well last generation, they think they can't fail. They're back to the whole mentality that they were at at the beginning of the PS3 launch because the PS2 did so well, they thought they were too big to fail. Yeah. So here's the thing, Sony. From now on, when I own your console in the future, I will only buy your exclusives on your system. That's it. I won't buy any other games on your system. Why? Because fuck you too. That's what you told me. You told with these decisions, you've just told me fuck you to your customers. You're telling me fuck you. So nope, I won't buy anything from you other than your exclusives. Go fuck yourself. Fuck you too. Yeah, I I this is the first time I've had my PlayStation on in two weeks. Right? Easy. Yeah, I, 
and it's just just because we're doing the cast. <laughs> uh, you know, you know what's not doing this shit? The new Halo, the new Forza Horizon. Yeah, none of Microsoft stuff. Yeah, weird. Yeah, it's it's almost <laughs> like Microsoft suddenly became became consumer friendly. Microsoft listeners of all companies, Microsoft. That's like Apple suddenly telling everybody that it's okay to 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 modify their computers. Like that, that would be a fucking revelation. Holy I, shit. I still, I still curse Microsoft customer service to this fucking day. Yeah. Right. But at least when I'm on my Xbox, I'm getting what I fucking pay for. Right. That's it. Listeners uh, for PlayStation. I will only buy their exclusives. That's it. That's the only reason oh, I will own their console is for exclusives. I just, I just had to double check ratchet and clank. Uh, <laughs> it's on sale for the regular price. <laughs> Yeah, it's back back to 60 bucks, what it should have been to begin with. Sony, eventually I'll come back if you pull your head out of your ass. Go Tell you what, fire this asshole. Go back and ask Jack Trenton if he'll come back. That guy was a real CEO. That was a guy who was a CEO that actually had some fucking humility. I mean, we're talking about somebody who literally came out on stage and said, we have to address the, the, the elephant in the room and openly apologized for the security breaches they had at Sony. That almost never happens. For any company. And he sat there and told everybody, we're sorry to try and make up to this or make up for this. We're going to give you guys free stuff. We're going to make a better system. We're going to do something that's progressive in the future. Yeah. That doesn't happen with CEOs today. Most of the time they come out and have this ridiculous apology that you're like, okay, it feels completely unsincere, completely, you know, completely just canned. And you're going, okay. And they still don't try and solve the problem. Instead, they just go, oh, we'll try to do better. And you're like, well, you're not doing better. You're not even correcting the issue right now. Yeah. Sony, go back and, and hire Jack Trenton, get rid of this fuck, and actually bring somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing. Hell, go back to the last guy. He actually knew what he was doing. You know, the guy who sat there in front of the PlayStation 4 and said, hey, I have a game. Here, I'll trade you this game. You can use the physical copy. That whole deal when you guys fucked over Microsoft entirely because they were too dumb to pull their heads out of their ass. Yeah, that's where you're at again, only you're Microsoft. Congratulations, you switched places again. It's too fucking easy to do the right thing. Listeners, too fucking easy to do the right thing. Too fucking easy. And these companies consistently try to screw you. Anytime, anytime they feel like they're, they're too large to fail, that's when they decide, oh, well, we can just fuck over anybody. And we'll get away with it. Yeah, they hold all the cards because they have the exclusives. But if they're only making money from their exclusives, they're not making money from anything else. That hurts their wallet tremendously. So I highly encourage you to do the same thing. Yeah. I wonder if this shit would be going on. And if uh, Sean Layden had been the CEO instead of Jim Ryan. Right. Even though I don't agree with a few things that Sean Layden says. Yeah. But all right. So listeners, I'm going to have to interject uh, some more information since this had happened after we had recorded the podcast already. Sony has done a complete U-turn. They freaked out after all of us were pissed and suddenly realized that, oh my gosh, the people that we make money from are so pissed off here. Yeah, no shit. Anyone with an, an iota of logical sense could have looked at this and been like, this is a bad idea. Are you guys sure you want to do this? This sounds fucking terrible. Anyone who's worked in marketing could have told you this is a dumb idea. Anyone with a fucking spine should have told you in your own company, this is a terrible idea. We shouldn't do this. On top of that, there was the fact that, oh, yeah, they had already made a promise that they were going to give us the free upgrade with this game a long time ago. So 
And somehow Horizon Forbidden West was or was originally going to be within the launch window, which is completely ludicrous. That was never going to happen in the first place. You and I know that, listeners, even without COVID, it just wasn't going to take place. So the idea behind, oh, this was only for launch titles is fucking bullshit, plain and simple. And listeners, the reason why I can say that with absolute certainty is because after that had been made a statement, eventually somehow Horizon Forbidden West became, it was only going to be a PS5 exclusive. Do you remember that? It was only going to become a PS5 exclusive, even though they had originally said that any version of the PS4 versions that you get will be automatically upgraded to the PS5 for free. Um, Shouldn't that include games like Ghost of Tsushima? Oh, no, no, no. We're not doing it for that one either. Okay. So you lied to us in whole. Jim Ryan, you you lied to us because you didn't adhere to what the previous boss had said and you had decided to just fuck everyone over because you want more money. That's exactly what it is. You just want more money. That's it. You're too big to fail. Well, hate to tell you this, but even though you've turned around and said that Horizon Forbidden West will get the free upgrade, if you buy the PS4 version, you'll get the PS5 version eventually when you buy the PS5. Thank you. Thank you for adhering to what you had previously promised that you were going to do. Thank you for adhering to the original agreement that we all thought we had as customers. Thank you for no longer requiring us to look at a goddamn chart for us to figure out what version of your fucking game to buy, jackass. So regardless, the fact that you've you've finally gone gone back on that is only because they were really worried about their wallet, listeners. They were scared to death that you weren't going to buy this game because of it, because there was a lot of us going, well, then I'm just not going to buy the game. I'll wait. I'll wait until I can buy a PS five, because if I have to, if I have to pay for this ludicrous version, I might as well wait because by the time I can actually get a PS five, the game might be on sale. Oh shit. That, that sends chills through the spines of Sony's executives. All the PlayStation execs, execs went, Oh shit. You know, Sony entertainment was going, Oh shit. This is going to be bad. They, the, the, the customers are catching on. We can no longer use our exclusive as our, as our Trump card. Well, no, you can't. And here's the thing. I'm sticking to my guns. Your console will only be used for buying your exclusives. So that's the only way you're going to make extra money from me. After I buy your console, I will only buy exclusives from you. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy, uh, you know, third party titles from you because I'll just go to my PC for that. I'll go to Microsoft for that because they're not trying to fuck me over for a goddamn percentage like Waylon Yutani. And listeners, if you don't know what that reference is, I highly suggest you watch Aliens. Anyways, that's my stance on it. I'm not budging. I will not move. Sony, you shall not pass. You're going to have to do a lot of work to win back any faith with me again. Just like what happened with the PS3. You're gonna, it's going to take a long time for me to come back to you, and you're going to have to do a big fucking U-turn on your policies for that to happen. So that's where I'm at. Anyways, speaking of Sony exclusives, PlayStation is going to have a showcase coming up. Let's hope that we get something good out of it. I mean, we haven't really gotten a whole lot from their, their last few shows. They've been kind of bland and just, eh. So maybe we'll get yeah. something cool out of it. Maybe they'll reveal something. Maybe we'll actually see God of War. Who knows? That's honestly the only thing I can really think of um, that is proprietary to them that might be uh, a draw. The only downside is they're calling it a showcase. And usually when they call something a showcase, it's for games that they already have out or are going to come out with soon. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and that definitely is not coming out soon. Right. But aside from that, Xbox has already made the announcement that they are going to be at TGS, which is the Tokyo Game Show. Um, usually the Tokyo Game Show, in the especially in the past two years, uh, we've seen some pretty cool announcements made. Not necessarily from Microsoft, but just from the gaming industry over, overall. Uh, Tokyo Game Show has kind of become the second E3 and in some cases actually showed off better things than the E3 did in previous years. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, the only downside is that with since it's Xbox saying, oh, we're going to make some exclusive announcements at TGS, usually that means that they're going to be making some exclusive announcements uh, or some you know big announcements involving just Japanese developers that they've bought uh, exclusive rights to. Yeah. And yeah. That, while that's not necessarily a bad thing, that's great for the Japanese market. And hopefully this gives them a, a, another uh, push for the Xbox in Japan. Typically, listeners, the Xbox doesn't do very well in Japan, uh, and most of that has most of that has to do with the amount of uh, Japanese development titles that they have on their console isn't as large as Sony's. Sony usually has a shit ton of those stuff that never comes to the states. Yeah, so they dominate the market there. Makes total sense. Microsoft tries to do this in order to try and gain a little foothold in Japan and get a little more uh, ground there, and. Uh, if that's the case, that you know, that's pretty much what I'm expecting. If they show something that I, I get completely floored by, we will absolutely talk about it on the podcast. But otherwise, if it's if it's the typical stuff, don't expect us to to go off the you know off the chain with all the stuff that they talk about for the Tokyo Game Show. We'll probably just give you a brief synopsis of yeah, it was basically what we thought, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of how it goes usually. Uh, but we will talk about the other uh, Tokyo Game Show stuff that gets. Uh, showing off because usually, like I said, other developers tend to show off some pretty cool shit. Speaking of pretty cool shit, Dead Space was shown off um, that it's basically going to be a reboot of the original game. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a reboot remaster. I'm still looking forward to playing it. You know, it it's Dead Space, and I feel like that's a I I feel like Visceral got completely screwed over by EA. Oh yeah, absolutely. And fucking buried for no reason yeah they 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 ruined that company for no reason other than the fact that it's ea's bad management and ea is just a dumb company with a lot of dumb people who somehow get power and can run things into the ground and continually just make more money than everybody else like i don't understand that ea i would love to have a conversation with your ceos and find out just what exactly their brilliance is and why they continue to make the money they make when they consistently make terrible fucking choices would love to hear that I strongly believe the only reason Respawn is still around is just because their CEO got a fucking position on the board. Yep. With EA. He protect he you protects know, so they the shit out of them. got to retain control. Yeah. yeah. Much like the uh much like the original relationship with Blizzard back in the day listeners, uh, the original owner of Blizzard had a position at Activision and would consistently protect Blizzard from Activision for years before he left. And that's kind of how Respawn works. Respawn's uh owner Got a position at EA and protects Respawn quite a bit. Yeah, that fucking negotiation for that must have been fucking phenomenal. Right. Because <laughs> fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, because like, EA, like if listeners, if we told you all the stories of other developers and, and how they get purchased by EA and what happens to them uh, after that, because the owner of the company leaves or doesn't have any kind of power afterwards, it would it wouldn't really necessarily shock you but you'd be sitting there going how do how are they able to even maintain a business when they treat their their 
their fucking companies that they own like this. It's unreal. And the only reason Bioware is around is just because of the hope that Bioware will come back and make that comeback with the next Mass Effect and the next, uh, you know, Dragon Age. I'm, but I'm going to tell you this right now. If the next Dragon Age fails, listener, I don't think we'll see Bioware around anymore. I think I think no. Mass Effect will go away. No, I think uh, I think Bioware as a name is just fucking dead at this point in all reality. Oh, that's why that's why I'm saying uh, the only reason why they're why they've been kept around from EA or by EA, like even as a name, like as yeah. a studio name, yeah. is because of the properties that they've created. Yeah, and if Dragon Age fails, then I can you can fully expect Bioware the the name Bioware to disappear. They changed their profile picture. Do like five images of some of their top uh, franchises uh, the other day. And I was like, it's like a memorial wall for all the dead franchises. <laughs> for everything that made you great and you forgot about. Yeah. Conveniently, Anthem was off there. <laughs> yeah. So, listeners, the reason why I bring up Dead Space is because they showed off a little bit of the game and they showed off it. It's very in early stages. But here's the thing the developer. Thankfully, and I think this is more of the development team trying to be more transparent because of what EA has done in the past with other titles, that they are trying to be more transparent as to what they are doing and what they're trying to accomplish. So they showed off a very early build. It's still very glitchy. They even point out the fact that it's very glitchy, that this is not going to be the final release. Absolutely not. It's not even an alpha yet. And they were just showing off some of the gameplay, some of the changes they've made, some of the graphical increases they've made trying to make this look more gritty, more horror, uh, trying to think, trying to, trying to bring in some of the latest techniques to make what we remember from dead space, which dead space was a fantastic franchise. And in my opinion, still holds up today. Uh, the, the first two games are, are really good. Not so much third. I love the aesthetic of them and the, uh, yeah. you know, setting and everything. I, I had a hard time playing them just cause it was so clunky for me. You know, I get you just, you're this slow moving character mm-hmm. you're like ah this is fucking brutal yeah so hopefully that stuff's going to get more uh streamlined a little more yeah. overall like just a better feel like less tanky right yeah one of the things they also brought up is the fact that they're bringing back uh, isaac's voice actor from two and three as you remember listeners the original dead space did not have isaac speak but they're going to have him speak in this uh reboot slash remake because they're, you know, it, it, it's more in line with what they had already done before, and they want to they want to get back or go to that. However, they aren't going to make him the, him talk the entire time. They're just going to give him a voice. Don't feel like it's going to be that much of a change based off of what they're saying. It's it's pretty minor, but they wanted to make sure that they had that little bit of detail of something that players are familiar with, and they don't want to go back to just the completely silent protagonist that never talks, um, because that's not really accepted a lot of the times in, in most games today and it would always be nice to hear isaac kind of issue the same statements that you'd say of you know oh shit <laughs> sometimes oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was a little bit refreshing to see the developers kind of just be more upfront and say this is what we're what our goal is this is what we're doing this is the game this is how it looks so far and uh we're going to keep working on this and hopefully we'll be able to make you a good product in the end we'll see in other news, they showed or I saw some new gameplay. They're expanding even more on the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, um, and uh, that's going to continue to grow. The only thing is, is that after seeing it, the problem that I have is I am worried that 
we will lose Sucker Punch to a Fortnite scenario where it becomes so big and so large that that's the only thing they work on, that we won't get the awesome single-player campaigns that we once got from them. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope not, just because Ghost of Tsushima was just a fucking Titanic title. Well, it was yeah. a f- fucking amazing release. Yeah, listeners, Titanic as in a massive accomplishment, not hitting an iceberg and killing you know thousands of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if that does happen, I will I will accept the analogy of it's basically a Titanic title of you know, it, it. It was this huge accomplishment, and then suddenly this happens, and then just fucking tanks for gamers like us. And then uh, one of the other things that Miles had already brought up, listeners, was China has decided to restrict kids uh, to three hours. Is that it? Three hours of a gameplay. Day. If you're three hours of gameplay a day, I, I don't know if it's eighteen or under or just under eighteen. Yeah. Uh, so, listeners, that should give you a good clue as to the kind of power that a communist government has, an authoritarian government has over its people. Um. To tell its citizens that your children are not allowed to play for this for longer than this amount of time at night. Like, doesn't that seem like something that that should be up to the parents? Shouldn't that be up to you as as a person, not a government entity, not a government telling you this is how you should live your life? That seems a little bit uh, overstepping their bounds, doesn't it? Any time a government tells you how to live your life, that's a big fucking sign that. Yeah. It's a bad fucking government. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to enter this building? You have to have a vaccine card. You can't leave your house. There's nine people that have died this year. <laughs> yeah. Australia, we're looking at you. And to any of our listeners, if you are in Australia, uh, our hearts go out to you guys. Uh, yeah, seriously. Honestly. Not in a pity way. Like, we, we sincerely like, fucking feel bad for you. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that's happening there. Listeners, if you're not aware of it, uh, seriously, consider go going to Tim Pool, uh, Sydney. What's Sydney's channel? Do you remember? I think it's just Sydney Watson. Yeah, Sydney Watson. Uh, go and t- take a look at that stuff. Um, that 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 shit is crazy. Canada yeah. <laughs> uh, is pretty much right behind him too. Yep. Like just uh, and it's 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 a crazy world. Yeah, ridiculous ridiculous mandates, not based on science, not based on any scientific evidence whatsoever, just based off of fear. That's it. Based off of fear, fear of loss of control. <laughs> but but back to the the fucking China and three hours thing, like yeah. fucking Christ. Uh, oh, and then they they turn around like uh, they're they're banning all sissy men from their media. So like anybody that's not rugged, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 effeminate men. Uh, they have yeah. already banned uh, certain music. Uh, yeah, reality they, they've shows. Done, they've where they've like done they've shows. done that before, listeners, but they've they've yeah. banned more of it. Like just holy shit! If you think that China has any form of freedoms there, you have no clue whatsoever. But the, this is the country that uh, many companies want to kowtow to, and yep, and will continue to because they hold all the cards. When everything's being manufactured there, it's. It's hard to ignore when China has more gamers than even the United States combined with other countries. Now it's, it's a pretty big clue as to uh, who, who they're going to cater to. They're going to cater to them. That's their bigger audience listeners. That's, that's literally what it comes down to. If that's the bigger audience, that's who they'll cater to. 
That's who they want. They're, that's where the, where they want their money to come from. From the rest of this, I I just have reviews. If you want to go into that, or do you have anything else to bring up from uh, from the past month? No, I think I think that's it. So, listeners, if we missed anything that you wanted us to talk about, sorry. Uh, hopefully, maybe we'll catch it later, or, or one of the guys will bring it up on the podcast uh, next time when we when we actually get anybody back on the podcast. Otherwise, it's just going to be Miles and I for the rest of the fucking you know existence <laughs> of this. So, uh, going into reviews, um, Anderson and I played the Maneater DLC. And listeners, as you may know, if you've been listening to us long enough, we loved the Maneater uh, game. We we thought it was yeah awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Miles had played it as well. Yeah, it was I don't know if Loach ever did. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, you basically are Jaws, and that is a, a blast to play. Uh, unfortunately, Anderson and I are on the same page with this, and... I say unfortunately because the DLC is not very good. Uh, it's fifteen dollars, and we both agree it should be about five bucks. The new area that they give you is one not played in very long. You don't utilize it; they don't utilize it very well, and it's very kind of empty, especially for sea life. Like sea life wise, it is empty, and it's it's very noticeable if you go from the main game and go into this and you'll be like where the fuck are all the fish where is everything and the really weird part is the fact that the game has this entire area for you to go in there and all it is is just to set up freeing the boss that you're supposed to fight at the end of the campaign but you free the boss in this area and then the boss goes back to the main area and that's where the rest of the game takes place it's (laughs) that's that seems asinine it's very kind of like wait why why did why did you make this like why did you make this area like it seems very like the new area seems very un, un underutilized because there's lots of cool stuff around like that you can see above the water like there's this whole facility that's got green shit you know kind of coming out of it and you're like all right well that's kind of cool what i wonder if there's going to be anything to all that nope nothing whatsoever enough with that like i get it you're a shark you can't climb mountains but uh, I mean, you're, you're telling me you guys couldn't figure out how to, a way to put like a, a, a tube that runs up to a pool that's in the middle of this volcano or whatever the fuck is going on up there. And there's gameplay up there. Like I like some of this stuff just kind of feels like it's just lazily done uh, for a DLC. And I, I hate to say that because I, I really enjoyed the first game, but this felt like it was just undercooked and underdeveloped. In a time where, granted, listeners, it's, you know, COVID and stuff like that. And I'm sure they had a lot of problems with trying to work from home, like many companies did. And that was probably what led to a more compact experience in this. However, I would have rather you guys waited if that was the case. If if this was due to working conditions, I would have rather waited for a better, longer experience and more fun experience rather than we're going to take a couple of events that takes place in the original game and we're just going to recycle the shit out of those over and over and over again ad nauseum. They, they just, you know, just repeat it. Nothing really new. There's no real, real new things in there. It's just the same old stuff with some, with, with a little bit of dressing on there. The only thing that really felt new was the environment that they created for the new area, which again, you don't use very, they don't use very much and you leave pretty soon. And the, the main boss at the end which is a plesiosaur, 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 maybe. God damn. Hello, brain. <laughs> How are you? Good to see you. Still working in a fog. Sorry, listeners. But yeah, I like that was the only thing that was kind of new was was just that boss. And it was it's a cool boss. It's well animated. 
Um, there's no problems really there. The boss fight sucks because it feels like you're doing nothing but dodging. You're basically using Dark Souls mechanics in a game where you're a fish. <laughs> so just constantly dodge, constantly dodge, constantly dodge. Oh, here's the mechanic you can use against him. Use that mechanic, constantly dodge. And my problem was in my boss fight, I ended up in a situation where I had no fish for health around me and I had two fucking sperm whales just come out of fucking nowhere and try and take me on. And they're not part of the main fight. They're just randomly swimming there. I was like, that kind of shouldn't happen in this. Like, I feel like this boss fight shouldn't have interference from anything else on the outside world. And the fact that these two sperm whales come out and the boss just ignores them entirely and they all just go after me. I'm like, oh, come on, guys, this mechanic's getting old. You're talking about other like other predators aren't going to fight other predators. Like that thing is annoying. And the fact that that didn't get kind of addressed in this where either they don't show either either nothing else can interfere or if they do interfere, then that thing's going to fuck them up. That's kind of how that should go. Anyways, in the end, we, you know, we felt it was just kind of meh. Like the the only reason to play this, listeners, is really Chris Parnell. Uh, he he makes the DLC, and I'm not lying. Uh, he was a great additive in the original game, but he didn't make the original game. This in this one, he's the only reason to play it is to listen to his ridiculous rants that are hysterical, and to listen to the to the crazy shit that he says as you enter other areas. You know, talking about alien, the alien invasion, building the space gate, shit like that. Like that stuff's funny, and that stuff is great in it. But to have that be the only seller, other than you know, the the gameplay is still pretty much the same, which isn't bad. But there was a lot of bugs in this DLC. There was a lot of bugs that I there was a major bug that I encountered at the beginning that had to be patched in from the PC where I couldn't use the auto aim mechanic properly. It wouldn't slow down time and give me the bullet time that I needed in order to aim at certain shit Uh, that had to be patched. Anderson had an issue where the game just froze up on him and crashed his entire system. Um, Mine had an issue where it froze up briefly and gave me a black screen and then loaded me back into the air or into the area as if I just entered uh, an area, which was fucking strange. Yeah, we'd say wait. If you're looking at buying this, wait. Give it, give it some time. Wait for it to be five bucks. Buy it then. I, I wouldn't pay. I really wouldn't pay. Even I don't. I don't even know if I'd pay ten dollars for it. To be honest, thinking about it. So yeah, it's just a, uh, and it's a shame because I mean we were we were actually really looking forward to it. I'm glad I waited. Yeah, and it's a good thing you <laughs> waited. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hell. It's I was like, well, I'm going to let you two run this and let me know if it's worthwhile. Yeah. Since the game's on Game Pass listeners, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if the DLC became a Game Pass thing too. Wait for that. Right. Play it for included in service. Uh, do you have any other games to review? I, I was I was going to talk about 12 minutes a bit. It's I haven't played a whole lot of it, but it's... No, I don't, I don't think I have anything new. <sighs> okay. So listeners, 12 minutes, it, it, that is a game that doesn't belong on console. If it, If it is a click... If it is a point-and-click game like it is on the PC, which I tried using that controller on the PC, and it is garbage with a controller, use a mouse. It has to be played with a mouse. That's plain and simple. Uh, because the point-and-click mechanics suck <laughs> uh, for a controller. It is just... It doesn't... It doesn't when you're... It, on the PC, it does not point and, and attach to things. So, like, you're kind of just randomly moving the the stick around hoping that you get 
just the the point where you're trying to select something. It's not very good in that aspect. And the game is a little frustrating in the fact of like I get it. You're supposed to run through the scenario so many times and do and try different things in order to get the outcome that you're looking for. But the downside is is that it's not immediately evident how to get to certain solutions right away. So you're just playing a game that is absolutely Groundhog's Day, but it's Groundhog's Day five to 12 minutes at a time. And I'm not exaggerating. It's, that's how quickly the scenario breaks down. I actually, tried, I actually tried several things to see how quickly you can get through the main scenario that they put you in. And I got through it in less than four minutes. It doesn't really feel like a great experience because of that. It gets kind of boring. And then if listeners, if you if you are playing it or you do play it and you get frustrated to the point where you try to look up a, a strategy guide and just don't want to deal with it, totally understand why you'd want to do that. I absolutely get it. There are so many reviews on there of people saying the same thing of like, eventually I just gave up and just went to a strategy guide. There are some people who were just like, I didn't give up, but I understand why anybody would go to a strategy guide for this because this is just not like there's a point where it's just not fun. Right. You're stuck in Groundhog's Day. Listeners, that that's not a fun scenario. Because unlike Groundhog, Ground, like Groundhog Day, you can't go and learn piano. You can't, you can't go and save a kid from falling out of a tree. You can't change an old lady's tire. Like You can't become this good Samaritan that has taken you years of repeating the same fucking day over and over again because you have so little time that you have to figure out, okay, this happens, this happens, this happens. All right, now I have to have a conversation to try and convince my wife, my spouse, that the day is repeating and I'm trying to figure out a way around all of this. That gets old pretty quick, unfortunately. When it's not when it's not a scenario that's that's a little longer to go through, and it's that fast, like it's it, when I say fast paced, it's that quick. Of these are the events that lead up and cause either your death or your arrest, or you just end up getting you know tra- and you get transported back to the you know walking through the door again. Every time that happens, you're just kind of like, ah, oh, man, this is fucking annoying. This is just frustrating. So I appreciate the idea behind it. I appreciate the the thought that went into making this game and the scenarios in it. But eh, I like if you don't have Game Pass, don't buy it. It's not worth the money, in my opinion. If you have Game Pass, try it out. See if you like it. If you don't like it within the first twelve minutes, <laughs> if you don't like it within you know if you don't like it within the first the first couple of run throughs, it's not going to be a game that you're going to enjoy. I'm pretty sure you're not going to like it. It is. It feels less. It feels less rewarding than Dark Souls, Jesus. and that's saying something for me. <laughs> that's saying something for me. I mean, listeners, you guys know that the the thing with Dark Souls is I get it. I get why people like it because they have this sense of accomplishment. They've gone through the same scenario over and over again, but they get their ass handed to them, and they finally figure out the way to de- defeat their enemy. There's a feeling of accomplishment there. Totally get that. I understand. I understand so well now other players who play dark souls just because I have watched enough people who never experienced dark souls and getting to hear them talk about that experience and what it feels like. I totally understand that it's a feeling of accomplishment. You failed so many times that you're, you're not necessarily frustrated. You might get frustrated at times, but you're not necessarily frustrated. You're wanting to figure out how you can beat this and how you can get better at it. That makes more sense to me. Now, this one is kind of like, it's supposed to be kind of implementing the same kind of progression of you go through the scenario so many times you try to work through it and figure out the solution that when you finally feel that you get the solution, you should feel accomplished. But at the same time, you kind of don't. 
you just feel like oh, that food that felt like a waste of my time to be honest right but that's just me and there's tons of other people who might enjoy it but i just want to give you guys fair warning of that's where i saw the divide of it's not a game that i don't I, it's not a game i see a lot of people really enjoying for what it gives you and on top of that the 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 voice acting is really well done they're big names you know you have uh you know daisy ridley you have willem dafoe but they don't really add anything to it to be honest uh, you could have found other voice actors that were probably far cheaper and far more experienced in voice acting i mean william defoe aside because william defoe has done everything but you probably you probably could have saved some money and put some more money into development is what i'm saying as a developer this goes to the developers out there uh because the your voice cast doesn't add a whole lot to your game you could find you could find other voice actors that give just as good of just just as good of a delivery for probably far less money uh especially given the dialogue that you have in it so because it's not it's listeners is not super extensive so yeah i probably won't waste my time with it then if you have game pass i would recommend giving it a try just to see if you what you think about it i would let and, and mostly listeners like shouldn't say listeners because i they they'll, they'll never tell us <laughs> but uh and mostly like mostly the reason why i give the recommendation of uh having you try it is because i selfishly i want to hear what your thoughts on it are miles right. that's the that's the main reason why i would say try it out to anyone else <laughs> in our group is because i selfishly want to hear what are your thoughts on it that's it which we've done before with other games we're like ah, i'm curious to hear what you think about it that kind of thing yeah so but I'd laugh if, if you downloaded it and instantly went into it and moved the controller around and had to do the point and click and you just went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that with games where oh, yeah. uh, I just experienced just the mechanics. I'm like, uh-uh, not doing this. Yeah. Um, I did download uh, Craftopia, the new... Yeah, I, I saw that. It's in-game the, preview. The Breath uh, of the Wild... <laughs> the breath of the yeah, Lord. I don't, the I game, don't know. It, it literally uses yeah. every mechanic from every other game we've seen for construction games. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and survival yeah. games. I was like, well, it looks good enough that I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm not expecting it to be uh you know my new go-to game or anything. Yeah, the thing that threw me off was I watched the trailer for it, and there were certain areas of the game, and I don't know if it's just because of it was different different points of development. But there were certain areas of the game where the environments looked far more uh, used, far more realism in their design, and then other areas where it looked more like it was Breath of the Wild style, like right. that kind of cell yeah, cell style, like cell style, that kind of thing. I don't know. I don't really know what uh, was going on, but it was kind of strange uh, when I saw it, and I'm curious in the game if it's just based off of the region. That's just what you get for for. Could be stylized environments or what? Uh, <laughs> I know. I gave Conan Exiles a shot, and that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give this a shot. So, listeners, I also tried out Mist, the re-release, <laughs> and Mist is just as much of a pain in the ass as it ever was. <laughs> I it's imagine still, so. it's it's literally just the original game. It's just better. Gra- it just looks better. It's just updated yeah. graphics. It is the same 
puzzle solving and the same setup you can have they have a new mode for those who have played through mist where uh you can have the puzzles kind of rearrange and uh, it changes some stuff up but uh yeah it's still it's still as much of a pain in the ass as it ever was because i don't remember yeah. mist very well from when i played it and i played it fuck listeners i played it back when i was in middle school i think um it was exceedingly yeah, difficult I- when i was in middle school yeah, I beat the game, and uh, if I went back to it, I probably wouldn't even remember how to go about beating it again. Yeah. That's how much of a pain in the ass that thing was. It's very much, yeah, it's very much kind of like that. You start out, and you're like, all right, what, like, y- the whole thing with Mist is that, and this has always been the problem, is that there's no real tutorial, there's no real introduction into any, pu- like, real puzzle mechanics. It's just figure shit out, and everything's trial and error. And yeah. in some cases, it feels like, okay, it's so much trial and error that if you, like, you feel like you permanently fail in a, in in some scenarios, where, like, I just have to start over, I guess, all the way. And uh, it still has that kind of feeling with some stuff. It's just kind of like, yeah. all right, well, this is, the, I, I failed this so badly, or I fucked this up so much that I can't get back to the start. I can't get back to the beginning to try and fix it. I, I'll just and, have to restart the whole game. And it's very easy and possible to uh get the the bad endings so yeah <laughs> very no i mean if you really liked listeners if you liked mist the original one then i would recommend it if you have never played mist and you like puzzle games and really love puzzle games i mean you have to love puzzle games <laughs> i cannot emphasize this enough you have to like trying things out failing and retrying them that's what i'm getting at uh then this is a game for you if you if you like kind of like puzzle games just like them like to experience them this is not a game for you yeah it's not it's not king's quest <laughs> yeah mist never had fantastic puzzle mechanics if you like those kind of puzzle mechanics go back and play king's quest go play monkey island those are the kind of games you're going to want in other reviews i listeners i even though i had said multiple times i have no interest in seeing this movie and at the time when I did go see it, I still had no interest in seeing this movie. But a friend of mine was kind enough and bought me a ticket because uh, he wanted me to see it. So, Brandon, thank you, by the way. <laughs> uh, so I went and saw. Uh, I'm not going to say how you actually pronounce it because I am not that good at speaking Chinese at all. So I'm going to just say Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings is more like just Shang-Chi and a legend. Because the Ten Rings is kind of discussed at the beginning, and that's explained pretty pretty quickly and easily. And the rest of it is not really a legend of the Ten Rings. The rest of it is a legend of where Shang Chi's mom came from. So it's more about a a land. And Talo is, or uh, Talo is how you say it is where she's from. the The rest of the movie is is mostly just about getting to that point. So the whole story is actually pretty fun. It's not bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not, you know, not super woke. Thankfully, it does have some, you know, women's rights moments in it. Uh, But I think that's just more of a comment on the culture of China itself, which would explain why it's still uh, one of the reasons, many reasons why it still does not have a release date for China because they have to go through extensive editing. Um, And on top of that, uh, some of the actors and uh, people who have participated in it have been vocal about the CCP in the past. 
Shame on them. Shame. How dare you deny that extra 8 to 12% of revenue from China? Still a lot of money, listeners. Not going to deny that. China makes or China gives them a lot of money to make these movies or in these movies. But uh, when it's dictated solely on you can not only show our movie based off of our politics, eh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, we, we don't even do that for our own country. <laughs> Hollywood doesn't even cater to the mass majority. <laughs> Despite uh, many people's attempts yeah. at making that the case. Yeah. So why, why even cater to, why, why even do that? I don't get it. Tell them to go fuck themselves. Fine, you don't get any entertainment from us. Have a good time placating your people as they slowly get pissed off, if they even can anymore, depending on how brainwashed you've made them. Yeah, listeners, I'm sorry. I like I have, I have zero respect for for the CCP. Tons of respect yeah. for for the Chinese yeah. people. Zero respect for that for that government. Winnie the Pooh can eat shit. But anyways, getting back to Shang Chi. Shang Chi is it was fun. It was it was actually enjoyable. Had a decent story. Had uh, the choreography in places was a little spotty. Um, and I don't know if it just has to do with the strength of the actors, or if it was more about trying to show off the like more of like there there's a, especially there's a choreography uh moment where the main character's father who is the original uh owner of the 10 rings uh fights shang chi's mother and that's how he met I mean, listeners this is the beginning of the movie and it's pretty evident that this is what's going on unfold is that that's how they met uh but they fight and it's his 10 rings versus her uh, style of fighting, which is supposedly a style that was passed down from the gods to her people. It's basically airbending. <laughs> uh, but it's really kind of, it's kind of a dance between the two on how it goes and how it unfolds. There are times where it feels kind of spotty and because it's not fast paced, it feels kind of lazy, but I think it's more about the fact of what they were trying to accomplish was making it seem more like a flowing dance between the two instead of it seeming like an actual fight. So uh, when you see that stuff in there, just keep that in mind. Like it's, yeah, I think the, I think the, the purpose is not to have an actual fight is more to, to have a dance between like a choreographed dance between the two. Uh, and that happens, that happens a couple of times when dealing with the, the, the two style of fighting coming together. As long as it doesn't go crouching tiger, hidden dragon on itself, the wires. <laughs> uh, well, you can't get away from that. No, no. Like in reality, you can't get away from that just because of the mystical aspect of the two yeah. uh, between between how the Ten Rings works versus how her style works. It's not it's not like dancing on on trees. Like they're, right. they're not running on trees, crouching tiger style. But you can tell there's you can tell there is some wire work going on in certain areas. Is it is it OK? Is it as bad as the floatiness in uh, Wonder Woman 1984 in the mall fight? No, okay. it's not that. Bad. Uh, there, there was maybe one point where I was like, "That was weird." Why? That was weird wire work. Like my brain clicked on because I, it was just too odd of a defy, uh, defying physics, you know. Right. But for the most part, it felt more like wire work that you'd see from like a Jet Li movie or a Jackie Chan film. Gotcha. So they did a good job, and they did a really good job of implementing certain styles that we've that we've come to expect from. Uh, those kung fu epics uh, from those, uh, you know, from even from Jackie Chan style movies where it's just, it's all about the uh, using the environment and some of the crazy fucking stunts that he goes through in order to 
move through a set or through an, a, an environment. That that stuff was actually really well done. I thought they did a good job with that. Um, and that, that kind of intensifies some of the fight scenes a little bit more. Uh, the acting overall was, was pretty darn spot on. There was only a little bit of sketchiness every now and then. And one part that was, I felt like it was just a bad take was with Aquafina, uh, the actress. She, she just had like, it was like a really bad Aquafina felt (laughs) that's her name. (laughs) Yeah. I said, I said, every time I see it, I'm like, I'm like, did you actually choose to be called Aquafina or did your parents name you Aquafina? Like <laughs> the fucking water bottles, the, the, the bottled water company. Like that's just weird. Um, <laughs> my brother Dasani. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> oh, dude, I, you're fine. I say the same thing. Every time I see it. Uh, she's a, she's a comedian. She was in crazy rich Asians. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, anything else that I've seen her in. Uh, that other people like. she has her own tv show on comedy central i know that uh, this reminds me of uh i think it was i want to say it was not another teen movie like go yeah. drink a bottle of yourself evian <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that uh but uh yeah she had she had one section where she had just a it was just a bad line delivery like it either mm. it was just a badly written line or and it just came off too cheesy or it was just bad she just she just delivered the line poorly uh Gotcha. That was really my only big complaint uh, acting wise. Every now and then I'd come across something where I was just like, eh, that wasn't, that wasn't so great. But for the most part, it was pretty solid. Uh, the Marvel has been toting around the big thing of like, oh, this is the first Asian uh, and primarily Asian cast uh, super superhero movie. They keep neglecting the superhero movie part, which has thrown a lot of people off. And, mm. uh, you know, which, which Nick, which was that it, if it were the first primarily Asian cast hero movie, then that negates 50 years of film history. Uh, just saying, right. Um, that's not the case in this. They, they do try to promote that. This is a first for Marvel. It is a first for Marvel. Um, I'm willing to, to concede that. Okay. It's a first for Marvel. I don't think we really need to have the year of firsts because Marvel hasn't been around that long. Uh, movie wise for us to go. It's a first Marvel. I mean, the, the MCU's only been around for what a, over a little over 10 years now. Come on guys. It, it's not, it's not that big of an accomplishment yeah. when it's coming from a character that is this fucking obscure. Sorry. It's just true. Uh, Shang-Chi is a massively obscure comic to pull from and to use in this story, especially when the 10 rings originally had solely to do with the Mandarin from Iron Man. And the other downside in this movie is that they solidify the shitstorm that was Iron Man 3. They make fun of they make fun of the Mandarin, and rightly so, because the MCU's Mandarin is a fucking joke, and it actually was absolutely was treated as a joke. Uh and they 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 bury that even more. That that fucking nail is through that fucking coffin on just how terrible that was. And even though Disney tried to, and I say tried to in one of their one-offs, uh, give a little bit of redemption value to the Mandarin that is completely negated in this because Trevor's, I'm going to give you a a spoiler. Trevor's back. The, the guy who was the Mandarin Ben Kingsley is back. And he's the actor 
and it solidifies that he was indeed an actor. That's exactly who he was. There was no, he was actually the Mandarin in disguise in the background. It was just, he's, he's this actor. That's it. Um, and he does a good job. Don't get me wrong. Ben Kingsley, fucking spot on, dude. His comedic timing is brilliant. <laughs> I was going to no say, joke. of course he is. Ben dude. Kingsley. <laughs> yeah. He, he, that guy is a master class in any, in my opinion, a master class in playing, being able to play any role. He yeah, can play yeah, a villain, I'm, anything. I'm really surprised when I see him in like something that's kind of like low budget. It's shit. And he's, he's still fucking just amazing in it. Yeah. Best, best part of this whole thing. He, he'll yeah. deliver the shittiest lines the best ways ever. And uh, he, his, his comedic timing is just phenomenal in this and his delivery for certain things, like the absolute seriousness that he delivers some, some, some lines as this character had me floored. I was laughing so hard. So while I hated the fact that it solidifies just how terrible the Mandarin was handled at the same time, they, they did a decent job and they do address the whole 10 rings being a middle, you know, being a middle Eastern terrorist organization in Iron Man. And it actually in the MCU now is something different. It's a different group. It's a, essentially a group that turns into a crime syndicate. But uh, where it originates from is, is from the, the, you know, ancient uh, Chinese history. And, and that's, that's how they're treating it in the MCU. It's a different universe. I'm willing to accept it. <clears throat> I know that there are comic fans out there that will be absolutely up in arms for it. Totally understand, guys. I get it. It's hard to accept. It's hard to accept anything outside of what you know from the comic books. Totally understand that. Okay. Huge, huge Black Panther fan, and I went to see Black, fan, Black, Black Panther and walked away kind of disappointed. I thought, you know, I thought it was just okay. It wasn't. It wasn't as great as everybody made it out to be. And I'm seeing kind of the same thing happen with this one of Shang-Chi of them saying, yeah, it's the most uh, visually spectacular Marvel movie we've seen. Uh, it's not. It, it's very pretty and it's got some great CGI. It's got some awesome, cool, like just cool stuff happening, especially involving like some of the, the, the fan, you know, the fantasy style creatures that they have in there. Very cool stuff. The ten rings, the implementation for it of instead of them being the rings on the fingers and stuff like that, and the rings in the hand, that and mixing that into the martial art, like how they use the martial arts, also very cool. I was actually kind of sitting there going, okay, this is actually kind of neat. The way that they've utilized this is very, very I can't really say unique because I've seen it done with other things, other weaponry and stuff stuff before, but but taking an element from the Marvel universe from the comic books and turning it into something like this, it's kind of unique. It's kind of cool. I enjoyed it. The movie's worth seeing in theaters. Definitely recommend going to see it. Uh, give it a shot. And if, if, if you like the MCU, this is by far not the worst MCU movie. <laughs> the worst MCU, MCU movie listeners for me is still Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is garbage. But it's I, I, I found this actually, I enjoyed this more than Black Panther. I enjoyed this more than uh, Captain Marvel. I... Uh, I would say that this is this is kind of on par with this is this is actually on par I would say with the beginning of the MCU the Iron you know the first Iron Man that kind of thing of where you had this evolution of like other movies coming in and, and being being better and better and better I'd say it's on par with the first Iron Man it's like it's it's a good flick it's a good MCU movie so uh give it a shot they have some really cool stuff there are two end credit scenes 
to watch. There's a middle credit scene and a very end credit scene. Watch them both. Totally worth it. And this actually gave me some hope for the future of the current MCU of where they're taking the story because it does start to do some world building, some some new plot building for a future, uh, whether it's Avengers, Dark Avengers, whatever it is, ends up being. It's it's doing some some uh, some overall overarching story building, which is great. So I've got some anime listeners to talk about, and one I want to bring up is I know this is an old one, and I've talked about it in the past and i love this this series i still do love this series but i want to talk about it because it's been a long time since i'd gone through it and i went through it recently again and that's afro samurai uh and the reason why i want to bring it up is i suddenly had this realization that afro is actually a villain in that series um he's not actually a good person Uh, a good person doesn't get taken in by a samurai master uh you know wipe out his his entire uh adoptive family in a plight for just revenge for his father's death. He kills a man who taught him and had nothing to do with his father's death simply to get the second bandana because in this universe, it's the first, the, the first illustrators. Like I said, I was doing the podcast in kind of a fog and I don't know why I kept saying bandana. It's the first headband and the second handband. I'm doing the edit right now and I'm driving myself crazy. Listen to myself. Bandana and the second bandana. The, those are the ones that are, the only ones that are allowed to compete for number one and number one killed or the number two killed his father, who was number one, which means that Afro has to get the number two again in order to be able to face number one, the, the, the number one warrior who killed his father. So to avenge his father, that's the only way he can do it. doesn't make a whole lot of sense in reality of things, but that's the way the universe or this universe works. So that's how it goes. But unfortunately, he kills a completely innocent man who actually tried to give him something of a better life. And I sat there going, huh, Afro's actually the bad guy. And I never, I never really thought about it when I first watched it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Justice, the, the main guy he kills in the, in the first season, is absolutely a bad guy. He is, a, is the bad guy in reality. Essentially sees himself as a god who can do whatever he wants. But... Uh, yeah, that's 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 what I came to realize, and then I decided to check up on some of the some of the manga, because um, I was like, man, is he is he like this in the manga? Turns out the manga he's far worse. <laughs> uh, does not care, really does not care about anybody. I mean, in, in reality, Ninja Ninja has always kind of been seen as the this is his where his emotions get put into of his you know imaginary friend that he throws his other human inf- uh, emotions into and the only ones he keeps for himself uh, essentially anger and hate you know the the want for revenge is what he keeps for himself which makes him very cold and calculated to a lot of other people around him and apparently in the manga like there's a moment where he actually like kills half like essentially kills half a village and burns down a a temple and this guy who he just cut down he uses this guy's sister as fucking a meat shield to protect him from other uh, people who come after him. I just sat there. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, he's actually a bad guy. Kind of a revelation. Like, Oh yeah. Oh, I guess he is a bad guy. Like, you know, uh, he, he absolutely deserved to be hunted down by his, his uh, adoptive brother um, in the, uh, the film. So uh, I believe called uh, uh, resurrection. I think is what it's called. So Yeah. Uh, but listeners, if you've never watched Afro Samurai, I know I spoiled a shit ton for you, but it doesn't matter. Trust me. 
watch it. It's really well animated. It's a cool story. Samuel L. Jackson actually does the voice of Ninja Ninja, and uh, he, I think he does a couple side voices as well. But uh, he also does uh, Afro himself, and he does a, a really good job with it. Um, it's just a it's a cool uh, it's a cool story. It's very it's very much in the vein of the kind of anime that you expect to see or that you, you would have expected to see when we saw, uh, it was the one on uh, YouTube starts with a, a Y. Uh, yeah. Uh, use a key. Is that it? Did I say it right? Am I saying it wrong? No idea. <laughs> Uzaki. I can't remember. Listeners. Sorry. I apologize. It's been a while. Um, the, the one that was based off the, the, the real life black samurai. Uh, in Japan, this is the style that I expected to come into with that film, and that was not what we got. <laughs> or with that series, that was not what we got. So, um, if you wanted something a little bit better than that, I, I'd recommend Afro Samurai. Another one that I watched was, and I could not get sorry, listeners, I couldn't get past four episodes. It was uh, Shadow's House. It's just too weird, and I figured out was like within the first four episodes, I figured out what was going on. And I decided, I was like, all right, I'm going to cut to the chase and find out if this is actually it. I look it up. Yep, that's exactly what it is. I was like, okay, well, this isn't for me. This is just kind of too strange. And uh, I don't like I, I, I don't like the characters very much. And I don't like the characters enough to, to continue with it. So I'm just going to... Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the main character. And the voice actress that plays her does a great, is, does a great job. I mean... Uh, she does uh, Hinasa. I think it's uh, Hinasato in um, the day I became a god. At the same time, I sat there going, watching her character, and going, "Ah, you're you're just not seeing the big picture, <laughs> and it's it's bugging me. I'm not going to watch this." So, uh, I don't recommend it, listeners. Uh, and uh, if you want to know my reasoning, spoilers. Um, my reasoning is because it's too much like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers kind of mentality, only. Uh, for a theme, only your main character is not figuring out what the hell's going on. Instead, they're completely just passive and and going along with the flow. While you, as the viewer, are going, when the fuck are they going to catch on? Like when, and, and is it going to be up to these creatures to finally gain a fucking conscience and stop what's happening? And essentially, that's what what it is. Is like you have to just battle through the rest of the fucking season waiting for these characters to like waiting for these other characters to finally go, Oh, what we're doing is wrong. We need to stop doing this. I'm going to help these people. That's it. The, the character, the, the people that you see in it, the, the shadows are mimics. I like, again, spoilers, listeners. the shadows are mimics. The uh, people are actually people. They're not living dolls as they say, and they're just being used. Their, their lives were essentially stolen from them. Uh, next up is, and this is the last anime I'll go through and we will be done. Thankfully is, uh, I watched the two se- the, the first two seasons and I think that's all they have, or that I think they're working on the third season right now, uh, or going to be, but, uh, I just watched the first two seasons of that time I got reincarnated as a slime and that's a lot of great fun. That is, that is a, a really enjoyable anime to watch if you are, if you like anime, kind of like how One Punch Man is, where you have this overpowered character, but you really enjoy the the one the adventures they get into. Uh, you enjoy some of the humor along with it, and 
in this case, it's one of those things where instead of them knowing that they're extremely powerful, they're just kind of unaware of it. <laughs> they don't really know how much power they actually have. So they're constantly discovering just how uh, you know overpowered they are in this world. And it's a you know it's a fun fun story. I mean, you're it's about a guy who dies and becomes a slime in a fantasy world. And as a slime, he's the most pretty pretty much the most powerful being that's that's ever been around this area. For for no reason of the fact that he was reincarnated from our reality. <laughs> so. Um, it's a fun one. I enjoyed it and I, re I recommend it. I'd actually rewatch it again. I was a little disappointed in the end of the second season because it just ends, but, uh, I wanted to see, I, I wanted to see how things were going to work out from where they were going. And in reality, from where it ends, they probably should have ended it in an episode earlier, but, uh, that's not the way it goes. And now I just have to wait, you know, two to three years for the next season. Fucking right. anime schedules. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. If you want to get rid of your social media, we really do encourage it. It's actually probably better for you. If you want to just unfriend everybody and cancel out the world, that's fine. Just go out and make real friends. That's what I did. I have real friends. They're on the podcast with me. I just don't want any more friends. So I don't want to be your friends. <laughs> Anyways, tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. This is Vargo. And Miles. Keep on geeking on. And we're out. It's never really the end You shouldn't